0: In present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjectives to be named later. The Homestarmy proudly presents Trekwest 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else we want to talk about. Trekwest 5 is brought to you in part by RocketWebDesign.com, custom web design at template website prices, DD.Blogspot.com, your online home for all your digital scrapbooking needs. Need a home along the Wasatch Front? Contact Lisa DeBagere with Kirkham & Friends Real Estate. No one will work harder for your home. And thehomestarmie.com, blogging to the world since 2004. Your hosts for Trek West 5 are Joey and Peter. Oh, 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 oh. Good
1: morning, son. It's good to see you again. So good to see you again.
0: Good evening and welcome to... And I don't know what number this is.
2: 139. 139? Just go with it. <laughs> Keep rolling. We're still rolling, Peter. We're still rolling. Good evening and welcome to Podcast
0: 139. I am Peter. And I am Joey. And uh, if you like the sound of our voice.
2: These are our new microphones.
0: These are awesome!
2: I'm really excited. We don't have stands yet, so we're just holding them. <laughs>
0: we are. Oh, and that's John over there. I don't
3: have a new microphone. (laughs) You You have an old microphone. You hate the way I sound, assuredly. That
0: was by design. We wanted to try and make us sound so much better so that they would always look at us and say, wow, those guests just don't sound nearly as good as... As the hosts. Yeah.
3: Well, you take what you can get, guys. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> Our lives are sad that that's really what we're going for there. T- tiny victories, Pete. Tiny victories. Tiny victories. Uh, okay. I'm. This is going to be new for me because I am already feeling like I'm talking softer because the microphone is literally sitting right underneath my nose. You're coming through just fine on that. Am I coming through okay? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to apologize to everybody now. In case this, you know, something goes horribly, horribly awry and we can't fix it. Um, and w- I think we're just going to try this out for the first part. So if we switch over later on, it's because we haven't quite worked out all of the kinks. But
2: yeah. hopefully it'll be fine. Uh, at it'll some be point fine. we have to try it and see we do. how it works. So. We do. So here, and all of
0: go. all of our listeners are the guinea pigs That's right. in, in this regard.
2: What? What did you guys, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John doesn't have headphones, <laughs> so he can't hear us. <laughs>
0: uh okay so how's everybody's week Uh, crappy 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 john uh it was okay it was okay at this point i'm more excited about the uh microphones i don't even really care to talk about my crappy week so (laughs) i'm good to move on if you want to talk about any of your guys's crappy weeks we can open the floor for
2: uh crappy debate well so i i feel like maybe it's time i Oh yeah yeah yeah. I yes. revealed to our podcast listeners why I, there was I think not you a do. podcast last week. Um, I had a job offer for a company in Denver.
0: A uh, new a new podcast is making an offer for Joey.
2: <laughs> no, I wish it was a podcast. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, no it was uh you know, they had they had initially thrown out a number that was double my current salary and I thought, well, for that number, you know, it's interesting. I wanna go see what, what I'm actually worth on the open market kind of thing, uh, even though I'm not actively looking for a job right now. So I went out and um, they had a they have a very interesting interview process. They flew me out on a Thursday, and I just kind of hung out at the hotel Thursday afternoon uh, because I couldn't even check into the hotel until five o'clock at night, which was kind of kind of frustrating. It was a it was a Residence Inn by Marriott, and it took me two and a half hours to get there by airplane airport shuttle. But I only had to pay $25, which was nice. Right. Not quite sure how that all worked out. But.
0: What was the location really that far away from the airport then?
2: No. So what, well, what, what happened was I actually got into the vehicle that was supposed to take me – well, I, I got into a vehicle that was a, a, a You just got shuttle. into a vehicle. No, it was a hotel <laughs> shuttle and it said residence in by Marriott on it. And I got in and I went to the hotel and I tried to check in. And they told me, no, you don't have a, a reservation here. They said, oh, you're probably staying at the, the Residence Inn by Marriott downtown. This is the Residence Inn by Marriott airport. Uh. I said, well, how do I get to the Residence Inn downtown? They said, you're going to have to go back to the airport. Oh, no way. So they put me on their shuttle and the shuttle dropped me off at the airport. And I asked the guy who dropped me off. I said, so where do I get the shuttle to go downtown? And he says, the, the downtown hotel doesn't have a shuttle service to the airport. It's too far because the oh. airport is about an hour outside of Denver. I mean, it's it's a long time to get from Denver to the airport. They moved it way outside of town. Um, so I, I went and I got in. I, I found this guy that was standing there who was just doing kind of the van, right, the van shuttle service. I said, look, how much is it to get downtown? And he says – Twenty five dollars. I said, "Okay." so I got in his van and I'm sitting there and I waited for probably about 20 minutes. Finally, he came up and he said, you know, there's this guy that's the next vehicle down the line. He's he's got almost a full vehicle. And I talked to him. He'll honor my twenty five dollar deal. You just get in with him. And he'll take you downtown because I'm not going to be leaving until I get a full vehicle. And it could be a while because there's no planes coming in right now. Oh, my God.
0: This sounds like this is a terrible story. Uh,
2: just just there is one nice part about this story. So I get in to the other vehicle. It's a Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> so nice. It was probably the nicest ride I've ever been in in my life.
0: And you soiled the I, Escalade. I
2: did not soil anything. <laughs> But he, sa- he did say, you know what? Uh, he says, where are you going? I said, I'm going downtown. And he says, okay, I'm going to drop everyone else off first. I'm leaving you for last. And we went all around the outside edge of the Denver area. I'm not kidding you. From the, from the northwest – sorry, from the northeast part all the way down around the south and then back up around to the northeast part to go downtown. We did a complete circle around the city of Denver. Took me down to the hotel – I finally got checked into my hotel room and I was like, it's a good thing I don't have to interview today. I interview tomorrow morning. So I went and I just kind of crashed in the hotel room. Get up the next day and I go into into the office, kind of meet the, the crew there. They have five employees right now and they have 16 27-inch iMac computers with 16 gig of RAM and the hybrid uh, SD, SSD and, and hard drive and platter-based hard drive. So this is just basically the nicest computer money you can buy right now.
0: And you brought three of them home for the podcast. I wish, man. <laughs> you should have snuck one home.
3: <laughs> and, Max are the way to go on podcasts. I'm saying that now.
2: Macs are the way to go. Okay, that's good to know. So they, they had all, all this equipment there, and, and what they do is they actually do a thing called pair programming. This is where... All day long, every programmer is working with another programmer. So you have two guys looking at the same problem, same problem all the time. Not my favorite methodology, but it was okay. It, was, it wasn't too bad to work with. It was a programming language that I hadn't ever used, so there was a bit of a learning curve on that. But what they do is they, take, they bring you in, and they just take one of their real problems, one of the real features that they need to add to their software, and they say, okay, we're going to solve this problem now. And we just literally sat down and wrote the problem. And by the time I left there that day, we had actually pushed the code for our solution to the problem all the way through to the production server. So, and they were also amazed because they're like, "Wow, we've never had someone in the interview process
0: <laughs> actually do something actually that can be deploy useful."
2: Something to all, all the way out to the production system. So, so I came back and I was pretty excited about it. And I'm I'm still negotiating between my current employer and the the new employer. I don't know exactly where I'm going to end up yet, but there's a there's a chance at least that. I may be moving to Denver, and I don't know what's going to happen to the podcast if that happens.
0: Did, did, did everybody hear that? that? That was the sound of Joey stabbing me in the back.
2: <laughs> I believe I stabbed you in the front. Actually. <laughs> you, were what, you looked me
0: straight in the eyes as you did it.
2: And you were slow dancing at
0: the time. <laughs> uh, um, wow, well, you're back now. So yeah. you haven't left the podcast yet. Not you're yet. you're fully committed to the end of Firefly. Yes. In, yeah. Including Serenity.
2: Yes, I think we can go that far.
0: All right. He's willing to commit to you for at least 3 more weeks, yeah. everyone. <clears throat> All right. I'll take what I can get.
2: So the, anyway, it was followed up this week with we're currently in quarter end and I got woken up this morning at about 6:30 in the morning to a call hey, nobody can log into the database, all the reports are down, all the, all, all the tools that we've built are down, can you look and see what's going on? Well, I tried to log into the database to go in on the, as an administrator and see what was going on, I couldn't log in. So I got up and I drove into the office, and I just kind of tried to tinker around, figure out what I could, because I don't have administrative-level access to the databases. and So I'm just poking around the outside of it, trying to figure out exactly what the problem is. Finally, the, the database administrators get into work, and I said, well, where's the guy who's in charge of this one database? Oh, he's off for a month. Until
3: the end of July. he's, a off, month? he's of the office. Yeah. I don't even know how they get a month off, because I don't get a month off of time off. But he's gone until the end of July, and nobody else wanted to touch the database, because it's his, and we don't know what he may have configured, and what, so
1: on and so forth. So, I finally called my boss and said, what? I have 18 people there, two of my sons, waiting for the story to get back out, because it's literally the truth we don't for them to do their job at COVID. 18 people, depending on the mapping, I need to take responsibility from the top of the DA's, they're in the city, they don't call me
2: And it was just very frustrating to have my day be, all right, you know, I I kind of felt like Scotty in Star Trek, the original series, where, you know, he's telling the captain, it's, you know, look, the ship can't take much more. And I'm doing everything I can to keep the ship running. (laughs) And Scotty saves the day and Kirk takes all the glory. (laughs)
0: How dare you, sir? (laughs) How dare you? Try and compare yourself to Scotty. I
2: said like, I'm not, I am not Scotty, but you know, I had a similar experience.
0: I had a lot of, uh, I was feeling for you until you were
3: like disparaging Kirk. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so whatever, Joey. Okay, fine. Let's just move on. Good to know where you stand.
2: <laughs> well, you've always known. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, good, good story. Good story. Um, Were you
2: going to tell us about how crappy your week is? No, you're just too excited with the new
0: i I'm I'm good with the mics here, so I, I'm okay. I, Everything has become better in, in my life,
3: in my John, world. John, how was your week? It was uh, it was weird. I was just thinking today. I'm like, crap, is it Friday? <laughs> because I didn't do anything this week. Actually, um, I went to a a concert on Thursday. Avit Brothers, check them out. They're like really emotional hillbillies. Good music.
2: Emotional hillbillies. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a, a combination that I want to see on stage. Pretty but, good. So they Pretty good. stood up there and
3: cried. Uh, no, 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 no. They just, um, and they're just they hogged it out. Please tell they, me they did
0: acid rock. You know?
3: No, 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 no. no. They're re- they're really talented musicians. You know, a lot of like banjo kind of bluegrass influence. Okay. Kind of. Uh, they they have a lot of like spiritual songs and stuff like that. Which and I was like thinking I'm like, um, I was with this girl there. And she's like, she's young. She's like a young person, and I'm like an old person. <laughs> um,
2: you, you took a 12 year old to a concert. <laughs> she's not that young,
3: but she's like, you know, I would still consider her young. I would consider myself old. She's like in her early 20s, um, and I was, I was telling her, like, you, you kids today, you're kind of luckier as far as music goes, because when I was growing up, we all kind of, um, you know, we all listened to grunge. Um, and we all kind of had to because if you listen to anything else, you were a sellout. But we all kind of had to sell out <laughs> together with the grunge. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I mean, kids these days, they're, they're, they're a lot more open-minded in crazy music like bluegrass influence kind of stuff. So I kind of envy kids these days because uh, just the scene can go all sorts of different directions. And it- there's more music than ever before
0: is that really what they describe as the you know indie kind of stuff where it's just sort of like not mainstream just kind of off the beaten path but sort of popular is that what indie means what like what I described as like kind of bluegrass influenced no just this you know there's all of this other stuff that's out there the idea that
2: they can pull their influences from anywhere is that what you're trying to say yeah
0: kind of I guess
2: uh, yeah, I, I. i I just
0: never fully understood when people say, "Oh, the the indie music scene."
2: What the hell is that? People no, you haven't signed a record deal.
0: Yeah, you're right.
3: I mean, it... I
2: mean that's the it, literal it's, definition. That's
3: right? the literal definition, but you're right to be annoyed by them because <laughs> because it's not like the 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 indie sound. You know, There's generally, it, you know, yeah. it, it's not it's not one sound. I mean, it's kind of like. The the it it may have a heavier influence toward a certain type of genre, maybe at any given time. But but yeah, I mean, to say you know I'm into indie rock means I'm into bands that haven't been signed by major labels. That doesn't necessarily that's not a music genre. That's just that's a business genre. Understood. Understood. And so yeah, I I get bugged by that too. But there are there are tons of different splinters of music these days that is great for kids these days. But it is kind of sad because. Um, you know, there could be a relatively popular band by today's definitions, but not everybody has heard of it. You know, like in our day, everybody
2: knew it right, was popular. Yeah. The, the big bands, everyone knew who they were. Yeah. And
3: now everybody kind of listens to music by themselves and their tiny little clique of friends. Yeah. Which, like,
0: you know. Glenn Miller. Yeah. <laughs> that was my day. What do you do yeah.
2: against Glenn Miller?
0: Uh, that was the big guy in my day.
2: I love Swing, man. <laughs> you heard it here so, first. So, what was the name of that? that band that you went to see
3: the name of the band is the Avet brothers. avit brothers a v i t a v e t t okay brothers i think they're from north carolina uh so if any anybody out there has listened to them i don't know we have friends from north carolina yeah, say so who phoebe oh yeah i'm sure she
0: likes them maybe
2: isn't that where uh contributed jim is now
0: it could very well be
2: I believe that's where –
0: We'll pour one out for our homie who we don't hear from anymore. He's a good guy though. We like Jim. If you're still listening, Jim, we miss you and uh, we think you're great.
2: You know, I I think, John, what you're describing there actually is called the long tail. It's the long tail effect. The fact that every single song in iTunes has at least sold one copy has Mm -hmm. kind of uh, justified people taking all these different – styles and and their their musical influences and going back to quote unquote their roots their musical roots because they know they can do that and people will still buy it whereas before it was you know if you don't sound like the mass-produced machine-generated you know hit then you're not going to get purchased you're not no no one's ever going to hear your music
3: yeah yeah Eh, interesting
0: okay well uh good catch up with everyone um, John, by the way, officially welcome to the podcast. I don't think I did that at the beginning. I was too excited to oh, yeah. the microphone. Uh, yeah, I'm John. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a couple of emails that we need to do at the beginning. Okay. So I figure we do them now. Uh, we'll start off with Mark. Listener... Captain Brevity. M? Captain Brevity. Captain
2: Brevity. Major, Major Rear Admiral, Major...
3: five-star Captain Brevity.
2: <laughs> Major General, Rear Admiral, by the gr- glory of the Queen, Captain Brevity.
0: That. All of that is probably longer than his actual email. <laughs> I hope we don't have to keep doing that all night, by the way, because that would be annoying. Um, he starts out, Hey guys, you asked for some comments on the recent Supreme Court rulings. Everyone is excited that Obamacare is upheld. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone. I, 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 no, I like that.
2: Well, hold on. I think, I think it's accurate. I think pretty much everyone is excited. Whether or not they're feeling triumphant about it may be a a different issue.
0: (laughs) Definite excitement is happening. Okay. Uh, He continues, I'm looking to see what the various states do. The federal government might need to be reined in and limited by the states. I hope that some states band together and nullify the unpopular federal law. The people should be able to stand together against government intrusion into their lives. A patriotic American wants the government to leave him alone, not harass its citizens. From my experience, U.S. citizens are the most uh, generous uh, and caring people in the world. Look at how we handle disasters. During the plane crashes on September 11th, uh, we came together and washed over each other and helped however we could. Or after the disaster in New Orleans, aid was sent to rescue people. Or the recent wildfires in the West, we pull together and help each other evaluate and uh, or rebuild afterwards. The great thing about the U.S. is its people. America is really exceptional. Listener Mark, uh, we'll now be here serenaded by the sounds of John singing um, "Proud to Be an American."
3: Yeah, that's okay, uh, <laughs> but I do have I do have comments about that when we get back
0: to my little spotlight this week.
3: Oh, okay. Slightly. Slightly. Okay, all right. That's fine. Um, I,
0: I thought, I, I don't know if you have anything you want to say about this. Now is probably the time to do it because nobody else really brought it up.
2: Yep. This,
0: this was a landmark stuff that yes. was happening yeah. this week.
2: Well, and, the, I don't know if you looked at all at the actual outcome. Uh, it was a five to four decision and the, the really bizarre part for me was that Chief Justice John Roberts, who's generally considered a fairly conservative guy, to put it mildly, sided um, in favor of upholding this law, which it was it was generally believed that he he would be you know one of the strongest advocates against the law. But in looking at the the response papers or the position papers that were written up by the two individual sides, I honestly believe that what happened was. John Roberts decided he wanted to frame the argument of the pro-side and he wanted to put it in a way that it would be easier for Congress to strike this down. And, and so he sided with the, the people who wanted to uphold the law just so that he could position – he could take the seniority write the position paper if he'd cited against it then they would have had to slice and dice this law up into all the little pieces and talk about each individual piece and make rulings on the individual pieces and what he did instead is say we're going to say it's constitutional but it's a tax yeah
0: some of the people that i or the you know the political news pundits that i heard They were saying, you know, the way he wrote it, he was really trying to help protect certain aspects uh, of, you know, whatever freedom or government or whatever it was. I don't remember all of the many things they were saying. They were they, they basically were coming out and saying, you know, he's really not trying to say he loves Obamacare. Right. That's not what he was trying to do. He was trying to help steer things in a different direction
2: yeah and that was the same conclusion i came to i haven't yet actually taken the opportunity to see what any of the pundits had to say i have just been too busy
0: thoughts on the um the arizona law the one that came out monday i'm
2: trying to remember they they upheld parts of it and struck other parts they
0: they basically left the let me see your papers Right, part of it, but
2: you have to have pulled them over some, for some other reason. Yeah, they
0: they, it's not as though you can just walk down the street and say, hey, you look like you might be an immigrant, so I'm going to ask you for your papers. It's a, if I, I if I think you're in the process of committing a crime kind right. of thing.
2: I, I actually, I, I feel better about the law being structured in that manner.
0: I, I Here's what I don't like, the way that they're patterning it. Because when I hear that, let me see your papers... I am immediately reminded of you know
2: and Nazi Germany, w- World War Two, you know Way in to go, Europe. Pete. Invoke Godwin's Law. <laughs>
0: well, I didn't bring up the Nazis. You did, sir. I just said World War Two and Europe. Um, you know that idea of you constantly have to be able to prove who you are, and that that's limiting in your freedom a little bit. And I don't like it.
2: Yeah, I see but,
0: your point. But I understand why they might have a law regarding it too
3: we kind of do have to prove who we are in a lot of things i you know
0: yeah it just it just hearkens me back to that time period just when i hear that phrase I, I
2: i think yeah i mean that uh, and you'd kind of thought we moved past that
0: i would hope that we we have but, and i'm not saying we are going back to that either
3: because uh, the the phrase you know let me see your papers i and i you know, you guys know I don't keep up on anything ever. But, uh, My
2: name is Jean Valjean.
3: I, I mean, you don't you don't put yourself um, you don't kind of put that phrase out without knowing the connotations of the phrase. So I think it worked well the way that phrase. Was I just put don't feel it's that point. different
2: than asking somebody, telling somebody, hey, you know what, you got to carry a driver's license with you, and if a cop asks you to show your ID. You got to show your driver's license. I was
3: thinking driver's license just now. We talked about identification, um, that, and uh, well, if
0: if that's the case, why did we need that law, well, or why did so Arizona need that law? The,
2: the difference is that they didn't. People who are immigrants didn't have to carry a driver's license, and what they did is they passed a law that said we can ask you to show some other kind of proof that you should be allowed to be here and the implication i think is which is the bigger part is we're going to deport you if you can't prove it okay. on the spot okay i uh,
0: i watched the the daily show with john stewart <laughs> and i don't know if you caught this episode but it well, i think it might have been the the monday or the tuesday episode where they basically john stewart's like oh okay well so who won and it showed yes. like three different news so organizations funny. and one said president obama won one said Arizona won, and one said the governor won.
2: Yep. He's like, it's a win-win-win.
0: Yes, and then you're <laughs> like, well, who are the losers? And then they showed the same basic news programs, and they said, well, President Obama's the clear loser here. Arizona's the clear loser, and the governor is the clear loser here. And uh, I just thought, wow, how, how incredibly polarized we've become. <laughs> and, uh, he, he, did,
2: he did exactly the same riff on the, uh, the Obamacare one, too. A couple days later.
0: Oh, hey, I haven't seen that one yet. Thanks for ruining it.
2: You're welcome.
3: <laughs> I will say uh, really quick. Um, I don't. I don't know if Obamacare would ever work in the state the country is in right now. I don't know the specifics of Obamacare, but in general, as an abstract idea, I've always been a fan of socialized medicine. Maybe that makes me crazy.
0: Um, but no, that I, just makes you Curtis.
3: Yeah, uh, and I wish Curtis was here so in his meek voice he could support me. But um, the, I've always pictured it like this. I mean, because cause, you've said, okay, I'm a fan of of roads and schools, and you know some uh, the the NEA. There
0: there, there are reasonable there uses for our taxes. Are reasonable uses Wait, for our taxes. Have
2: you said that the NEA is one that you think is a reasonable
0: use? Uh, you yeah. said it a oh, bunch. Yeah, of yeah times. I think okay. so. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I, I like I public thought, television. I, I love NOVA. Don't touch
2: NOVA. Wait, wait, wait. Public television doesn't have to be funded by the NEA.
3: I shouldn't have brought up NEA. Anyway, my <laughs> point is... Uh, okay, if if I, like, uh, crashed on an island, uh, like, with a plane full of people... And, Go on,
0: and, and, and one half of the plane went on right, one, one part half of, the of the island? Plane,
3: possibly, yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, if, like, in this hypothetical situation... Uh, I am with a group of people and we have to rebuild society. Um, You're going
2: to take all the women for yourself.
3: (laughs) Right. Well, okay, after I do that, I'm just saying as as far as like rebuilding society, in my mind, uh, making sure everyone is healthy would actually be the very first thing that I would guarantee in my new society. Somehow in our civilization, in, in in the whole history of the earth... Um, that concept is kind of just coming around now. I think it should have come around way before the NEA, way before roads, way before public schools. It should have been the first thing, and all that other stuff would be secondary. But since it's coming around now, it's problematic because we don't have room for it.
0: I I like the idea of the fact that we would want to take care of everyone and make sure that everybody has opportunities for affordable health care. I love that idea. The the trouble is, it takes a very skilled type of person to be able to get to that point that we would trust them and say, "Hey, you know what, doc? Um, you know, I dislocated my shoulder. Can you get it back in for me?" Oh, okay. You've got some drugs, some some wonderful drugs that have come along. Oh, okay. Well, cheers for industry and thanks for all of your learning, so you know how my shoulder works. We have to pay those people. And and so there are some challenges that come from that and I don't know the right answer. I I've seen socialized healthcare. I I lived in Scotland for 2 years. I saw some good sides to it. I saw some bad sides to it. I was so grateful that I never had to go to the dentist while I was in Scotland. Thank you, Lord, for never having given me any teeth trouble there.
3: I mean, it is Well, it is interesting that, um, I mean, if you ask, I, I mean, I don't know if you've talked to many people in Scotland about this. But from what I hear, you know, from from the island over there across the pond, no one is planning on getting rid of the NHS. That is that is political suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I, ensconced
0: there and uh, yeah, not as right. a bad thing. You're right. You're absolutely right. So uh, I, I didn't want to bring it up to necessarily, okay, let's solve it tonight. But sure. uh, it, it was definitely something that happened. We do like to discuss political stuff. Yeah, can so. we
2: continue on that theme just with a little bit of a tangent here? How, did you guys, either of you guys manage to watch the new Aaron Sorkin series? Not yet.
3: <laughs> I was going to talk about it okay. later. Okay, we can talk about it later. Talk about it later. Now, you're not going to talk about it later, are you? No. Okay, good.
2: I was going to talk about it now.
0: <laughs> okay. If you can, well... Uh, no, we'll no, talk no, about. no, no. We'll it's we'll yours. it's <laughs> yours. It's yours. <laughs> sure. It's yours.
2: Okay.
0: Let's, re- let's move on to another email. Uh, listener JD.
2: Oh, good to hear from JD. Again. Yeah.
0: So, is Sports Night on the Trek West 5 agenda yet, or what? Come on. Just commit to it already, and I'll shut up about it. I'm voting Nathan Fillion or Ron Glass for president. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't vote for Ron Glass. He doesn't seem like a very nice guy, actually. <laughs>
0: um, sports Night. I don't know. We we haven't decided on the next program we're doing yet. I I suppose that's an easy one because it only went, like, what, three seasons?
2: Yeah, I think three or four.
0: Um and it's definitely not sci-fi, so we yes. could do it. It would it would satisfy that those demands. I don't know. I just I've heard you know what a, a mixed you need to bag on this.
2: Some episodes and watch them either Netflix or something. Get them, get get some episodes watched and then we can talk about it. I okay. don't think I don't think you can make the decision in the vacuum of without understanding the characters.
0: I all I know is there's Robert Guillaume in it, so I want to watch it just for him. Who is he? Um, Benson. Benson.
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Or or the uh, he's, he's the, the, the crazy character.
0: monkey from the Lion King. Really, I didn't know that Rafiki. Huh. Yeah, the baboon. Uh, yeah, the one who is like uh, the
2: shaman.
0: Correction, I know your father. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I didn't know that was Benson. Yeah, uh, the other guy that's in it that I was not particularly thrilled to see again was uh, Will. Smith. No, from the West Wing.
0: Oh, oh, uh, Melina.
2: Yes. Yeah. Could could have lived without seeing that guy in another show.
0: <laughs> Did you watch it
2: all? No, I watched about half of the first season.
0: Hmm. All right, we'll, we'll discuss it. Okay. We'll right. discuss it. We'll give it the old Trek West 5 try. Um, okay, so next email. This is from listener, new listener John. Okay. Um. Who We don't have a nickname for him yet either.
2: Is this his first time emailing in? No,
0: no, no, no. Uh, It's not. Okay. Uh, This is a guy who isn't on Facebook and... uh,
2: Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah.
0: Anyway, he says uh, this is in response to us fixing the, you know, podcast 137 and 138. He's like, I have downloaded them and listened to them. Thank you very much. Uh, Love the new mics. Any chance of turning up the gain? Uh, I think that's meant to be a joke because the sound was terrible on that new mic. Yeah, Um, it wasn't
2: wasn't great. Sorry.
0: He continues on, I can't stuff my earbuds any deeper into my ears without (laughs) rupturing my eardrums, which probably wouldn't help me hear you any better. On a serious note, may I put my pitch for you guys to remember the members of our military past and present as Independence Day approaches. I'm currently serving on an active duty tour as an Air Force reservist. So if you could pass on a well done to those who have served and are serving, I hope that uh, I know that I would appreciate it and hopefully your listeners will too. I hope your rib feels better. Take care, John. By the way, my rib does feel better.
2: You know, I, I, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I don't think there's any class of people I have more respect for as a rule than the United States military in all its branches.
0: Yeah. And, and you actually have somebody yes, very I close would. in your family. My, my
2: oldest brother uh, is in the United States army has been for 20 some odd years.
0: I always wanted to be in the military. The reason I'm not is because, well, I'm a, a pansy. <laughs> I'm a weenie. I would, I would, If it came down to it and, you know, another World War II-like thing where you're like, oh crap, our nation is literally in peril. We need people. We're just going to start drafting you and I went in. uh, I'd give it the college try and I'd do everything. I I don't think I would complain. But I I wouldn't choose it of my own accord because I don't think I'm as tough as those guys to be able to do it. That being said, I love watching military movies, military shows. I love it because I it helps me see into a world that I don't know nearly enough about, which goes on silently, for the most part, behind the scenes, and affords me a great deal of, of opportunities because we have a military might that is helpful and useful. I'm not saying they're constantly out there preventing the world from taking away my freedom. I'm just saying it's they there and it that. has... It has provided the opportunities yep. that I have now. And I am grateful for that.
2: I've actually tried to train my children. When you see a man in uniform, you stop and you say thank you.
3: There's uh I've been listening to a lot of Pandora in the background during my weeks. Um found out you could do
2: I Thought you were saying like right now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: How? <laughs> he was bored. <laughs> I, it wouldn't be the first time. Um but uh I found out recently that you can uh you can type in stand-up comedians' names, and so you get Pandora of like just random okay. stand-up comedian bits. And one of the favorite ones, I actually heard the same bit twice this week, uh, where a guy was talking about how he's like, yeah, I just got back from doing USO service, and it was great. A lot of times people think, you know, we don't love the troops. We love the troops. I love the troops more than anybody, because if they weren't the troops then I would be the troops, (laughs) and I would be the worst troops ever. Uh, I'd be kind of like, really, you expect me to carry this heavy gun as I run away frantically? (laughs) And uh, he talked about, he's like, yeah, seriously, I talked to some of the troops, and they let me hold the gun, and he handed it to me, and I fell to the ground holding the gun. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh we we definitely appreciate the military and I was unaware that you were yeah. a reservist, John. I I had no Good idea. idea so, thank you very much for uh, for the service that that you offer.
2: And and all of you who serve, we we do thank you for your service.
0: Yeah, Jim's wife. Yes. Okay. Uh listener JD writes in. Another one. Okay. No, a, a different JD. We have no, ah, we don't. Okay. the same JD. All right. Uh, he says, I'm really uh,
2: "Confused. What's going on? <laughs> Where am I, Pete? <laughs>
0: How's Pete's rib? My rib's fine. It's really doing well. I was complaining last podcast that so nobody was <laughs> asking the me. the message got across. It your did. Rib was and it, thank you, guys. Um, is he sure it's fractured or broken? Maybe it was actually taken to a. Maybe it was actually taken to make a female clone of him." Actually, I'm not sure what's the scariest part of that is. Joey and or John Madsen having killed Pete, yet they'd certainly kill a womanly version. Uh, Wait a second. Joey and or John Madsen haven't killed Pete yet, but they'd certainly kill a womanly version.
3: How did he know that?
0: (laughs) You've been on the podcast enough. Come on. It comes through. Uh,
2: I've been trying to create a womanly version of you for years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but just in the form of you to oh, be clear <laughs>
0: great uh, thanks again to Joey for the Amazon link of the microphone I need a new one and it sounded like quite a deal when he mentioned it on the podcast did I ever mention I'm on a Star Trek Voyager podcast I don't believe you did no you didn't I should have told you guys I knew that <laughs> did you really? yeah <laughs>
3: do so you follow J.D. on Twitter? He talks about it all the time. I, I, Twitter.
2: I, I don't Twitter. Oh, yeah.
0: you, you introduced me to Twitter.
2: I, I apologize. <laughs> my, my shame is great.
0: <laughs> uh, he says, give it a listen, um, thedeltaquadrant.libsyn.com. We'll, we'll put a link up to that because we'll, we'll definitely yeah. want to do that. Um, wow, Voyager, though. Seriously?
2: I, you know, I've never seen a single episode.
0: That's John? what I I
3: concur with you Pete.
0: Yeah. Everybody who knows about Star <laughs> Trek and has watched them, they all say, "Really? Voyager? <laughs>
3: Voyager?" Um, yeah, my favorite episode of Voyager is when uh the Captain Janeway was in the uh Holodeck and her Holodeck fantasy was being governess to two <laughs> British children. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that wasn't a joke.
2: Oh man. Uh well, Neelix was, but it was a joke by the writers. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: all I'm going to say is just Neelix. <laughs> really? Neelix. Anyway, uh is Serenity in the podcast plan? If not, it needs be. Poor uh yes, by the way, it is. And he says poor Mal and his lack of ear. Um uh frowny tear face. That was his comment for the episode, right? So, better save that. Uh and last one is mmm. Christina Hendricks, <laughs> awesome return to the show, eh? You are correct. Nice, it is awesome return yeah. to the show. She is fantastic. Um, Facebook find
2: of the week. Facebook find of the week goes to uh, Carbonite Man for the Dora the Explorer. <laughs> was that Jerry Bruckheimer presents Dora the Explorer or what? Was I, no, it? I
0: don't think that was uh, Carbonite Man. That was our new listener. No, was it? Yeah, it was. Pull that up, sir. I think I you have inaccurately ascribed that. Uh, by the way, there's been something new, which I think should get submitted for next week. It should be in the running for next week. You'll you'll see it when you pull up. Uh, uh, and it's pretty freaking... It's good. I liked it.
3: I submitted something this week. Did you see
0: it? I did see that.
3: I like that a lot. I was like, ah, this seems like something that would be I, I was
0: hoping you would have posted something else up this week in the form of oh, a right. short movie.
2: I yeah. what the heck's up, dude? Uh, I uh, backed you. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I apologize to all the backers.
3: No, the movie, Um, it's on someone else's computer, someone I haven't heard from in a week. So he, there is a chance he might be dead. Oh, um, oh. And if that's the case, I kind of have to wait out the funeral before I like, get his computer and finish editing myself. But I just haven't heard from him. I'm probably going to talk to him after the podcast tonight,
0: do, do we so. need to have a moment of silence in honor of his death? Uh, I don't think, so. I don't think he's death. dead. I'm just so, saying.
3: Worst case scenario, he might okay.
0: be dead. I haven't heard so from him. So
2: you're saying that if, if, you, if he has died, you're holding a seance tonight. To sure <laughs> <get you. laughs> if he's dead,
3: I'll try to get a seance.
2: <laughs>
0: what are the passwords? You're right.
2: It was, it was our new listener, Kelly Conroy. Yes. submitted that. I apologize. Yes. So, uh, Kelly, you will be getting the first of the (laughs) often lauded but never imitated Facebook Find of the Week prizes.
0: Uh, Congratulations, and welcome to the podcast if you're listening, and it sounds like he's new to Firefly, so our friend Curtis uh, apparently knows him. Um, I think they work at the same place.
3: Yeah, why isn't Curtis here? He should be here.
0: Uh, he was celebrating the uh, the, the Obamacare. You know, Obamacare getting passed. <laughs> he's just so elated. Um, he He's going out there injuring people so that they can go and get free health care. <laughs> go to the hospital. It's free. It's free now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Should we do... Um, John's
2: moment?
0: John's or Brandy's Nook of Darkness? Let's
2: do Nook and then John's moment.
0: Okay. I'm just going to say... Get comfortable, Okay. this is long. This may be the longest Nook of Darkness we've had.
2: Wow, that's saying a lot. We had a three-parter.
0: <laughs> well, okay, the longest one in one oh, okay. All right. podcast. What's up dudes? For this week's Brainy's Nook of Darkness, we take a glimpse at space operas of the recent past. The Brain Nation is curious as to what are some of the Overlord's faves of the category. The criteria requires one of the following. Spaceship, Alien, Robot. I watch sci-fi with a focus on the writers of the episode. So my top choices are consistent with awesome writing. I will mention some of my faves, other than The Next Generation and Babby 5, with a brief Spoiler-free
2: overview.
1: Yay! <laughs> Yay. Is, be-
2: is, is there a, a, an attachment with the spoilers for those of us who want them? <laughs> no. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there, there's not. Actually, I don't know. I didn't check for attachments. <laughs> but even if there was, I would go through and delete it so you couldn't get it.
1: <laughs>
0: um, he goes, Farscape. Best-looking aliens on a show ever. Why? Brian Henson brought Muppet Power uh, uh brought Muppet Power. Some characters wear prosthesis, and a couple of characters are completely puppet. And the truth is that the Henson's creature shop produces super cool looking aliens. Or maybe between the Sesame Street and the Yoda, we are just partial to Muppets. But nonetheless, between the Sesame uh between but nonetheless, Farscape is the only show I know. Of to fully explore a living ship as a main character Moya the stories are wild the pacing is swift the ideas are original and unexplored also the amounts of pulse pistols and leather attire is copious (laughs) created by uh, Rockne S. O'Bannon Farscape uh, featured the writing of David Kemper who served as a great showrunner the main dude character is a human, John Crichton, who gets voyagered over to the other end of the galaxy, galaxy and he meets crazy aliens, one of which is Son, a Delvian which is a humanoid species that evolved from plants. Scorpius is a great baddie whom serves as a foil to Crichton. Another detail to Farscape is that Is that it has a strong woman lead character, Aaron Sung. Get it? Air and son? Who make Ivanova look like a girl scout. Farscape, four seasons of disturbing fun. I'm glad to hear
3: it's only four. I've never seen it. Yeah, if that's what
0: you're going to... When I was in college, it was on. And I would catch a few episodes every once in a while. And I'd be like, "Wow, this looks really cool. I, I wish I would have gotten into this." And I've never gone back. I've
3: heard good. I've never I've never watched one second of it.
0: Yeah, and it was put out by Sci-Fi uh, back before Sci-Fi started doing you know Super Croc versus.
2: Back before it became Sifi. You know?
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, okay, Star Trek Voyager. Everyone hates on this show. But I don't care. Janeway is a kick ass captain, who is also the only Star Trek show captain who has a background as a scientist. Voyager had Brannon Braga and Joe Minoski as showrunners. The latter wrote Darmok. The, sorry, the latter wrote Darmok. Enough mm-hmm. said. New Voyager does have. Now, Voyager does have Neelix, a character who is the Jar Jar Binks of Star Trek. <laughs> oh, But characters like Tuvok, the Vulcan Tactical Officer, and the Holographic Doctor made for some interesting storylines. And who is hotter than Seven of Nine?
2: Uh, Christina Hendricks?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix 01. Besides the Borg, we meet a whole slew of fun Delta Quadrant baddies. Uh I'm going to say season 1 with the whole um oh gosh who were those idiots I want to say the Ocampa. the guys with the hair yes
3: yeah I know who you're talking about I can't remember what they're called I I feel like it was the Ocampa. That, it sounds that sounds like a name in Star Trek Are you so
0: thinking it was yeah. it was Ocana? No <laughs> The <laughs> Ocana yeah, yeah. Race was horrible in <laughs> An entire race, that would be terrible. I hated them, yes. You, you know, one of the positive things that I did like out of it, aside from Seven of Nine and her very tight cat suit that they put her in, um, was the Doctor. I, I enjoy Robert Picardo as an actor. I think he did a good job in that role. And, I don't know. It was a yeah. bright spot. Uh,
3: I thought that was very bright. I had a hard time believing... Um, that uh, Data was having such a hard time finding emotions <laughs> when they just programmed it in the doctor so easily. <laughs> uh, interesting yeah. thing about, about Voyager. Um, on my podcast, Jr. watches Star Trek for the first time, Jr. and I have decided that we are going to watch the first episode of Voyager, the last episode of Voyager, and maybe either... The two best episodes, or the four best episodes, and the two worst episodes, and the four worst episodes. How are you guys going to decide that? We haven't decided how we're going to decide. I'm thinking,
0: put it to a vote from, uh, from listeners and the like. Because I don't know Voyager well enough to know. There, there, I saw it all. Mm-hmm. There were a few episodes that I remember thinking, okay, that was cool. They did a good job. The vast majority of them, though, I was like, oh my gosh, seriously.
2: What are you doing to my child? Seriously?
0: Okay, we just got rid of Kes. Really? That's how we're doing it? Okay. I'm not going to go on any further, but still. Thank you. Uh, Okay, moving on. Doctor Who. It takes a while to assimilate into British humor, and you may need subtitles, but the Doctor is tons of fun. Where are we? Spacey Wacy, Where are we going? Timey Wimey. How are we getting there? Spacey Wacy, The Doctor is the last of his race, the Time Lords, supreme alien beings whom can manipulate time. The TARDIS, time and relative dimension in space, is the Doctor's vehicle, and it has turned into one of the most well-known symbols in sci-fi as he careens through time and space to help people. Because he's the Doctor. Uh, additionally, as I have said before, the Doctor is the only sci fi character who absolutely refuses to kill anything unless he really, really has to. And even then, he feels really bad. How refreshingly Unvorlon like. Also, the rehash uh, features the writing prowess of Russell T. Davis and then Stephen Moffat. Some of the best I've ever witnessed in sci-fi. Currently in its 500th season, there are more episodes of The Doctor than all other TV shows ever combined. And the Dalek are everybody's favorite villains. Hmm. Yeah,
3: I love how in the new Doctor Who, they didn't even bother changing the Daleks still just the guy it's scooting listed, around it's the same
2: same guy that's in the same costume
0: <laughs> it, it looks it's, it anyway. it's the bumpy vacuum cleaner that's yeah. <laughs> uh, going around it's the it's actually the the Roomba that uh, somehow became aware and uh, became so angry that it got stuck just cleaning all of the time
2: well and then it got an axe attached to it or something right no a plunger
0: the... it's a plunger
2: oh it's a plunger <laughs> really it, it's a plunger <laughs> <laughs> horrible way to die, though.
0: Horrible. Uh, listen, I think Doctor Who is fantastic. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm looking forward to whatever they bring out with Doctor Who. I just, Love every, it.
2: Every time I try to get into Doctor Who, I realize I, to get this show, I have to go back and watch the first episode ever of Doctor no. Who.
3: I know. I thought – I I just don't want to do that. I feel horrible for not doing that. I finally started the new – Doctor Who Um,
0: and I do like it uh, a lot Um, I'm really glad to hear that I was hoping that you would like it because when I first picked it up I was like I bet John would like this
3: oh good yeah and I kind of and I kind of do the the first episodes especially I kind of like them sort of in a campy way Um, and I know they get better and I'm really primed and I haven't I've gotten to a few Moffat uh, written episodes Um, huge fan of that guy uh, he, he did a, a British show called Coupling that I really, really liked. And he did Sherlock. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and the other guy who did Sherlock, he's a Doctor Who guy too. So, um, one thing about Doctor Who that I kind of don't like is I, I almost feel the whole concept of the show is cheating just because, um, it's like, okay, we want to make a really cool science fiction show. Um, should we have it in a different time? Should we have it in a different space? Hey, why don't we have the main character just go to any time and space he wants, anytime, you know? And I kind of think, okay, great, it opens the door for a lot of possibilities. But as a concept, I I kind of want it just I want it narrower. I want the the main guy to have less power than that. But fine, you know, we'll check it out.
2: I, I'm okay with him having as much power as he has, but by Gadfrey, if you're a thing called a time lord, you should be using time-based powers in every episode to solve every problem
0: right well they they kind of get into why he can't there's all right well, this isn't the doctor who <laughs> podcast we'll but, but see, we'll have no that one day
2: i i have to go watching back and watch <laughs> 30 years worth of back episodes of doctor you don't who have to, to understand I didn't, the mythology i didn't
0: i didn't watch all of that and i'm okay. fully ca- aware of, of it all right so
2: I, I i got a few episodes into it watching it with you And I just at at every episode, I felt like, okay, there's some subtext that's going on here that I know I'm supposed to be picking up on and I'm not getting it. And it was frustrating.
0: There are core elements to Doctor Who as each new doctor comes along or each new writing staff comes along. They they reinvent the doctor. They retell some of the old stories like how many times have we destroyed the Daleks (laughs) and they keep coming back. (laughs) Holy crap. But that's okay. There, there are there there are the core stuff, and then we get to have new things brought up as new doctors and new staff come along. Um, but like I said, this is this isn't a Doctor Who podcast. Let's move on. Not yet. <laughs> Falling skies. So that dude who wrote the screenplay for Saving Private Ryan, James Rodat, is at the helm for this one. And Spielberg also slapped his seal on the project. Several BSG writers are now on the staff as well. The show centers around a father and his four sons, and how they deal with an alien invasion. The dad was a military tactics professor, so those threads play into the plot often. The special effects are amazing. The aliens are referred to as skitters and sometimes cooties. As they are truly alien, with several legs and radio wave communication. And they are green. It's truly an awesome show, currently in the middle of its second season. Falling Skies is a good family show that is also very well written. I've heard good things about it. I've seen it. I wanted to get into it, but at the time, I just didn't have the time.
2: I'm the same. Well, what happened to me is, I got to the point where I felt pretty sure it was going to get cancelled. Oh. And so I gave up on it. And I haven't gotten back into it now that it's, it's at least made a second season. So I should probably give it another chance, but I haven't done so yet.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a fan of Noah Wiley. I loved him on ER. I, I was a fan <laughs> yeah, of wife. ER at the time. And so I, I'm sure he'd probably <laughs> do a good a job. Uh single
2: episode of that show.
0: Uh, you probably would have enjoyed the Spanish version. Eh, E-R. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I like
0: that, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's my standard ER joke. I don't have any others. <laughs> that's, the, that's the only one. That's your one. go-to. <laughs> yeah. Battlestar Galactica. Okay, let's take the dude who wrote some of the best TNG and DS9 eps and give him his own show. Bring in the acting pedigree of Edward James Olmos and Mary McDonnell. Now take the main character from the original BSG, Starbuck, who was the seminal hotshot Maverick pilot stud dude and make him a girl in the remake. Oh, and make her an amazing undiscovered actress. Then bring in some awesome writers, throw in a cadre of super hot chicks, and make them fight. Bring in Dr. Gaius Baltar, um, uh, who is a... Bring in Dr. Gaius Baltar is a great baddie.
2: Who is a great baddie?
0: Sure. And Michael Hogan as Captain Ty is simply the coolest dude. B.S.G. has its own signature look to it. Uh, Bear McCreary composes a theme for which uh, for which each character and a theme for each character and masterfully interweaves the melodies. Four seasons of awesomeness that follow a ragtag fleet of human survivors of the Atomic Holocaust, unleashed by the man-made Cylon robots who are now chasing them through the cosmos as a search for solace in the mythological planet called Earth. Battlestar Galactica.
2: I- I'm okay with us saying that Battlestar Galactica is our next sci-fi show. Cool.
0: All right, nice. I like that. Yeah.
2: I've been wanting to get into it. I-, I gave it a shot. It didn't grab me the first time around, but, you know, if I have to watch it for the podcast, I'm sure I'll start to enjoy it.
3: I, I want I want you to watch it spoiler free too. Just I don't know to if see that's how happen. how you how you react. <laughs> you like, you
2: want to see me fall apart. That's what well, you really want to see. I, 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 I
3: want
0: to see, see fresh reaction out. That's here.
3: what I want that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Fresh reaction so you don't um you don't know where the like you don't know <laughs> um like you can say, I think this character is gonna do this or I think this is gonna do this. and we see where it goes as opposed to where you think it goes kind of thing.
2: I I honestly, uh, I don't know if I can emotionally handle that. I I have a hard time. Joey's
0: so much more emotional than we give him credit for. How did you watch Babylon 5 when it was first on?
2: (laughs) I was 16 and not 36.
0: (laughs) Uh, He finishes off this part. So do you dudes have any mentions or suggestions in the space robot alien genre?
3: Uh, I say Futurama. It's like my favorite show ever.
0: Uh, I would second that. Yeah, that, that's definitely a lot of fun, and they throw a lot of the fun sci-fi um, tropes. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they're and they pull them from different episodes of you know our favorite shows. Yeah. as well, and yeah. so you're like, oh, 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 they're doing that one thing. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. Way to go! They hit a home run. It's you know the writers are fans of the same stuff we like. It, it's really good.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, Decision thirty twelve episode the other night have you seen that one yet
3: is it like one of the brand new ones yeah it's I, for the season i, I, I think haven't I've seen, seen the it. new
2: one yeah? i haven't no. seen okay. it all right well i think
0: we have two on the dvr by the way no yeah, right. uh, yeah. I,
2: I really appreciated the technical uh i, I don't know it's just it, it's clear that these the guys who are writing this take the time to get the science on certain things right i'll just put it that way yeah
3: well joey you should borrow my um i have one of the seasons on dvd and it has the most fascinating commentaries, because I know at least the the main guy behind it, David X. Cohen, he is, sounds like the dorkiest, <laughs> nerdiest person. He's explaining all the math jokes. He's explaining all the concepts behind everything. Um, and he just owns it. He owns sci-fi.
0: Uh, I'll throw one out there. Um, this isn't by any means my favorite because a lot of them were mentioned in this right here. Uh, but I kind of enjoyed the concept of Earth Final Conflict. That was Gene Roddenberry's – I think one of his last things that he put out. Um, it The production is some of the worst yeah. I have ever seen. But I love the idea and the concept Around what they were trying to do, and there was enough mystery to it that it was sort of like, "Wow, uh, what's going on? Why, why? I can't figure out, you know, what these aliens are up to and how everything's playing and who's on what side, really." What, um, what was
2: the requirement for a recommendation? It had to be space um, aliens or robots. Yes. Oh, that's too bad. Well,
3: got a fantasy uh, one in mind.
2: <laughs> well, no, I I wouldn't call it a fantasy. I got a time travel one in mind. I'm currently really enjoying the Canadian television show Continuum. Uh, hmm. The premise is it's a, it's a woman from 60 years in our future. She was a cop there. And in the process of trying to stop some some outlaws, she got sucked back in a time vortex into our time. And uh, is just trying to make her way through our time and, and navigate. Because she's from basically almost like a, a very close to – well, I'd say – a dystopian society, kind of a 1984 kind of super governmental controlled. but Hey, listen, don't bring
0: happy. Reagan into this. He did the best he could with <laughs> he what, what he, he had.
2: had. Uh, agreed. Uh, you know, everyone thinks they're happy, but there's no freedoms and things like that. And she comes back to what she considers pure chaos. And, and she's trying to hunt down these criminals that are out of time, while she also tries to figure out how to get back to the future, her own husband and child really enjoying it but it has nothing to do with space aliens or robots yet
0: well we'll have to cut all of that then <laughs> uh. <laughs> all right well that's uh, that's good um thanks very much it's good to you know hear somebody else's thoughts on some of the programs that i've watched and loved um over uh, over time uh john john's culture corner you. okay great um okay i'm pretty much just gonna say yes i watched this
3: <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, I saw Newsroom, uh, it's called Newsroom, right? The Newsroom, yeah. The Newsroom, Aaron Sorkin's new show, and one word, sorkin <laughs> very
0: Sorkin-y. Um, By the way, go and check out the Facebook page after we get done recording. That that will have new meaning, I think. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. I haven't checked it out. It's something it was just posted up like right before like when we came home and I was up chatting with my guy I was waiting for him to come online. I watched that video. It was it's pretty funny. Okay, I good. I enjoyed it.
3: Okay, I can't wait to do that. Uh, anyway, um the newsroom. I think it's going to be really good. Pete, I talked to you just a little bit about it. You haven't watched it yet. Have I have you? not, no. Um I was expecting a stronger first episode. I actually thought the Studio 60 first episode... I love the first episode of Studio 60. Um, but I... I thought this one kind of fell short of that. Hmm. But I think it is great. Um, I thought the opening sequence was really good. Um, it opens kind of with another breakdown, which I hope is how he opens all of his shows, with someone breaking down. Um <laughs> Which uh, it's, when, when you
0: say breaking down, like they're just sobbing like uncontrollably.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, breaking breaking down electric boots. No, um, but no, no. It, the opening of Studio sixty, you know, we have the guy who Wes, Wes Mendel. Yeah, Wes Mendel. He just like goes off and he does the uh, the the network style meltdown on television where he just says, "Oh, you know, this you, everyone's stupid," kind of thing. Um, and this time we have. Uh, Jeff Daniels playing McNamara, something yeah, I can't that is remember. Yeah, it's something like that. Um, anyway, it, it's it's not a televised event, but it's like uh, an event at a university uh, where they have like just kind of like the Fox News person and kind of the uh, I don't know, I guess MSNBC person or something. <laughs> you know, and he's the guy. The he's Daily a, Show person, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, Jeff Daniels, he's pretty much the 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 bland guy that everyone likes because you know he's not he's not extreme like all the other you know uh, like
2: news personalities he's
0: like Tom Brokaw or Brian Williams they kind of thing they actually
2: refer to him in the episode as the Jay Leno right yeah
0: uh, okay because, yeah
2: you know, he's popular because he doesn't offend anyone
3: right, right. exactly yeah so um, but he really offends people everybody uh, pretty much. <laughs> yeah it offends everybody um which uh in, and i said i uh, during mark's email i have something to say you know because he talked about how great america was and america is great but the thing that really sets jeff daniels off <laughs> is the question he receives by a young very pretty uh college girl who says you know he, she addresses the panel what Makes America great, in your words.
2: She said, "Why is America the greatest country?" Okay, right. It's why is that, is that greatest is greatest? is the key. Right? Greatest
3: is the key. Yes, of course. Thank you. Um, and the other people, like the the kind of liberal person, said, "Well, diversity" or something like that. Yeah. And the <laughs> um, and then the conservative guy goes, "Freedom, freedom and freedom." He lists two things: freedom and freedom is what makes America great. And then Jeff Daniels, he kind of has to get prodded into it, but he says, um. We're not. We're not. We're not the greatest country, Um, which was, like, really refreshing for me to hear, just because, um, like, growing up in America, um, especially, like, on the, the way the conservative guy says it, I think like, a lot of children, like, I grew up kind of under the impression that we were pretty much the only free country (laughs) in the world, and, like, obviously not true, and Jeff Daniels, he he has a really good point, he's like, what, freedom? Freedom is what makes us the greatest, you know, tell that to 180 countries who have freedom, you know, like, by some kind of definition. Um, But, anyway, I thought, like, his big thing about it, you know, he, he went off, and it was just fun to watch, and, of course, he wrapped it up with, but we could be, we could be the greatest country. Um, there was a time when we didn't just say we were the greatest, but we actually did it. And, you know, we, we put value behind what we said. So I I, I love that. That was fascinating. I did see a tweet <laughs> on it later. It like uh, Someone said, uh, you know the uh, opening of, of Prometheus uh, where the strange alien drank the liquid and he broke apart and his components probably created the human race? Yeah, I I found that far more believable than the opening of, <laughs> of yeah. the newsroom. <laughs> um, so anyway, but the the rest of the episode and you've seen it, right? You've yes. seen it.
1: Yeah.
3: Um I think it is kind of interesting because they do a little trick where they place what the date that the 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 timeline as maybe a couple of years in the past. Yeah, so 2010. I am assuming that what they're going to do from here on out is we're going to be a couple years behind, and we're going to see the same news events over and over, and that we're going to see them unfold, and we're going to see Sorkin's take on the right way to cover those things uh, in, in the news media. Yeah, so, right.
2: um, I have the same impression. I think.
3: Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, it was refreshing for me. I kind of liked it. I did think there was a serious element of cop out. One of the characters, kind of, he's on top of things because. His two best friends happen to be on the inside <laughs> of this event that happens, um, and they're on the inside in two completely different ways, and I was kind of a
0: little bit annoyed by that, but...
2: There was a little Deus Ex Machina going on. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: there are two of them going uh, on. Here's what I, I think is most important. Have we identified who Donna Moss is yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. Is there a Donna yeah. Moss character? A Donna Moss.
3: Um, uh, what's her name? Her name is... Oh, I forgot the actress's name, but she's in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. She's... Alison Pill um, is the actress's name, and uh, she's what, okay. Was
2: she in Scott Pilgrim?
3: She is the drummer from. Remember her? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, she's she's great in Scott Pilgrim. I love her. Um, but anyway, it's it's so it's going to be refreshing for me. It's good to get back in the newsroom. Of course, I was in the newsroom in college. because um, I studied journalism until like my final year. I told everybody, you know what I really hate. I hate the news. I'm out of <laughs> here. Uh, but it's going to be refreshing to go back.
2: I, I liked Sam Watterson. I thought he did a great job. I loved his character. I did not like Sam Watterson. Really? Yeah. I, I, I Something about the
3: acting, I I didn't think it, it jived well. I think, ultimately, Jeff Daniels I really like. And I think this could be really, really good for Sorkin because I don't see a lot of opportunity for Jeff Daniels to get light um, or humorous. Because... I think humor in in Sorkin stuff it comes great um, when it's organically part of something serious, right? Yeah, but i I don't think like I don't think Sorkin has a very good to me anyway. I know you guys feel totally different about this because you know the Santa salute was hilarious to you guys, um, but
0: uh, when when he's to be called clear, a... it was
2: Pete that was that was his favorite.
0: Okay, well that's not my favorite. I just I remember it; it's memorable. Okay, well,
3: Studio City, you think is really hilarious. Yes, that is funny. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Um, but I think I think when Sorkin is called upon to like this is funny, this is something funny, I don't think he rises up to the funny that's naturally found within something that he finds very his serious. His dry wit is
2: definitely yeah. funnier than his intentional humor.
3: Right, exactly. That's that's the best way to put it. So, interesting.
2: I, you know, I actually, I all day long on Sunday, I was. I kept going, oh, it's almost here. It's almost here. I was so excited. And I, I felt like it paid off. I, uh, my expectations were met. We got that great Sorkin-style dialogue. No walk and talk that I really noticed. Not
3: to... yet. Well, anyway. I noticed. What are you talking about? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. When? There were people walking. When they were in the hallway talking, <laughs> walking down it.
2: I'm going to have to watch it again.
3: Yeah.
2: And there, there, there was a lot more stationary camera work than I remember from the West Wing, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think Jeff Bridges did an excellent job. Uh, the woman who plays Jeff his, Daniels huh <laughs> I, Jeff Bridges so would be awesome. <laughs> he would be awesome, right? Yeah They're both great guys. Mm-hmm. i like them both <laughs> and mm-hmm. I confuse them. As Maybe a
0: they could take turns playing the same character.
2: <laughs>
0: each week this you know this particular actor's rendition of how you know this character would do it.
2: I would be okay with that.
0: That would be an interesting <laughs> program.
2: Uh, I like the woman who plays the the female lead. The executive producer.
3: Yes, she was in Match Point. What's her name? Uh, yeah, she's good. Barbara
0: Hershey. No. <laughs> Helen Hunt.
2: Uh, but you know, I I have to say, for me, I I think it was a clear win. I think it was a, a very strong episode.
0: I feel it
3: was good, and I I loved watching it. I think it's going to be a lot better. I think it's I, I going to be much Studio better. I would Studio
2: Sixty was a better pilot but as i've said before i think studio 60 has one of the strongest pilots of any episode or any series of television yeah
3: i i I just know well i'm excited because i know it's going to go i know it's going to be better than it than it started out
0: have we seen any characters yet from previous sorkin stuff like characters not actors uh i'm sorry i meant actors i meant actors
2: not anybody that i recognize. yeah
0: um so he's gone with a fresh crew of people he's not recycling
3: yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it, maybe you got a bunch of people who are far more comfortable saying the f word or something, because we do have a. I mean, we got HBO here. Yep. It's, it's happening. You can that tell is it's on HBO.
0: Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I look forward to watching it now that I've heard both of you gush about it. Um, Joey's Culture Corner.
2: Okay. Uh, Joey's Culture Corner this week is the David Edding's series uh, novel, Pawn of Prophecy. It's the first book in the Bulgarian series I'm currently re-listening my way through this uh, just a, a great high fantasy uh, it's, it's a, a series of five books um, the first book here sets up the 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 war between the the good gods and the evil god and the resulting war um, wars among humanity that are an outgrowth of the gods that they individually follow and the the, the hero who is a who starts off as a very young boy and we see him growing into maturity and learning to control his his gifts and and to get a respect for uh, I guess what what makes humans different you know the the strength and diversity if I can use a cheesy kind of turn of phrase there Um, what
0: you're the one who felt uncomfortable (laughs) I am with those
2: (laughs) and then you laughed at it so now I feel even worse (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right, good. I'm glad you feel awkward about that.
2: Anyway, uh, you know, he he's just learning about the the people of the kingdoms as they travel through them. So I I think the this first book really here is it's just setting up the major players in what will be a a long arc series of high fantasy.
0: Okay. So have they have all five of the books already been written?
2: Yes, yeah. In fact, there's there's two series of five books set in the same world. So there's the the first series of five books it kinda of takes you through what seems like it's the climax and you know, happy day, all is well, evil is vanquished, good wins, and then in the second series of five books you find out it's much more subtle than that and there's never really a clear win for good versus evil and the 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 lead from the first series has to really get into understanding look it it's all shades of grey.
3: Ah. Uh. Shades of, shades of the, gray. The book, Shades of Gray. It's yeah, all shades. It, of...
2: It all boils down to the E.L. James. The Fifty that? Shades of Gray. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was going to go with the uh, T.N.G. episode, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shades of Gray. It's all horrible flashback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, give it a thumb up. I really enjoy this. Series. What's the main point of it, or is it just in, it's entertainment? High fantasy. It's Okay. High
2: fantasy. Oh, by the way, since you asked that, uh, I I do have to make an apology or a correction. Oh. When I reviewed the Pied Piper of Hamelin, which I was told to say Hamelin. Okay, good, good. Um, which,
3: by said, the way... I had a huge point with this, and you just said it was entertainment?
2: Yes, <laughs> actually. He listened? Uh, yeah, yeah, he listened oh, to wow. the... Oh, he, wow. He listened to the podcast and, and to my review, and, and he aimed me to say, the big idea is, this world is not all that there is.
0: Ah, Okay. Hmm. Uh by the way, are you ever gonna get me a copy?
2: I have a copy. Do you want a copy?
0: I want to be able to read it on something.
2: Okay. Buy an iPad and I will put it on there
0: for you. <laughs> I have an I have an iPod. <laughs> uh okay. Buy <laughs> buy eight more of those.
2: <laughs> Give seven of them to me and I will put the book on the eighth. <laughs>
3: Well, just just arrange them in a cascading, kind of, so that the screen can... <laughs> be... Take them all together yeah. on the back.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, let's go ahead and get into episodes then. Uh, we are going to be covering episodes 11 through 12 of Firefly, and uh, we are going to start off with episode 11, War Stories. Joey?
2: Mal and Wash are captured by Niska, who wants satisfaction for the events in the episode The Train Job.
0: Ooh, Niska. Love him. Is it Niska or Nishka?
2: Uh, probably Niska. I...
0: Nishka. I don't know. I wrote Nishka. I don't know myself. I, I can't say with certainty what it
2: actually is. But you can say with certainty that I'm wrong.
0: Well, that's the default position <laughs> that I'm willing to take. Um, but he's cool. He's back and he's evil and he's just as terrible as he was before. Um, but before we actually get to Nishka, we have Shepard Book. Yep. Quoting Sean Yu. Sean Yu, who, I mean, really, isn't this kind of rather odd or interesting reading material for a man of the cloth, so to speak? He's reading, Sean Yu is supposedly this guy who was a mass murderer, or what? He what was, a, he was, he was a
2: dictator, a psychotic dictator.
0: Okay. Um, so, obviously not someone you would want to choose to pattern your life after, but... Um, why do you think a man of the cloth would read such a book? Easy. This is a don't do. Yes. <laughs> he, really need, he really needs. He really needs. Hey, I'm not really sure uh, about the, uh, you know, the mass depression of an entire civilization. Uh, let me get this guy's opinion on it.
2: I, I think there's a, a responsibility for people of, of a certain level of academic achievement. Or it's just expected that they will also read the negative side of things. What
0: well, What I found interesting is the fact that um, Shepherd totally seemed like willing to get it. It was kind of like a, look, let's read it for the sake of understanding, maybe where people are coming from, I and mean, just reading the the stuff that's out there. The doctor seemed to just reject him. Right off.
2: Yeah, completely dismissed. He's
0: evil, so there cannot possibly be anything good that comes from him, no matter how he tries to spin the poetical verse that he's trying to share. I I just found that interesting. I don't know why. I just... Interesting.
2: I, I would read the, book, the works of Sean Yu if I could get access to them. Unfortunately, he's a fictional character.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I, I'm with I'm with Book on this. I don't I don't think uh, I don't. If someone reads Mein Kampf, I don't think they're studying to be a Nazi or a dictator or something. Not
2: necessarily.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not necessarily. I, yeah, I should I should have said it that way. But uh, you know, there is merit um, to looking into the villain's perspective on things. I mean, there are villains in the Bible. Like, Cain wasn't excised from the Bible because we don't want to, like, have anyone follow his example. It, it, it's, it's just a different way of learning.
0: But to be fair, the Bible wasn't written by Cain or written from Cain's perspective. It not was written p- by the, you know, quote-unquote,
2: good side. That that That's book true. exists, by the way. The book of oh. Cain? Yes.
3: Uh, tell me where I can get it. Okay. <laughs> wow. it's a good substitute for Sean Yu, as long as he's not around <laughs> My older
2: brother has a copy. I can try and confiscate it from his uh, collection, if you will, uh, when they finally catch up with him and put him in prison.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's good comparison because we have this holy man who's sort of saying, "Ah, you should uh, consider reading it. It might broaden your horizon. Then the next person who mentions it is Nishka. Yeah. This totally evil guy who is reading it as a source of saying,
2: yeah, isn't, is, you ever yeah. read this guy? He's pretty cool. I, I, I keep it on the shelf next to the prince. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs>
2: uh, anyway,
0: I, I thought that was, you know, good way for the writers to, to introduce this and reintroduce the character of Nishka uh, to us. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was clever.
2: I, I really enjoyed seeing River on a good day i thought that was fun yes her and kaylee are playing they're they're chasing each other around and and uh you know it just was it was good to have her character get lightened up a little bit here in this episode
0: it was and we come to find out why they're they're trying some different drugs and they're seeing some results and some effects, some side effects yeah. uh, that are that are coming from it. Where you know there's going to be the good points and then the the low points, uh, vomiting being one of them, and uh, un- unfortunate for uh, uh, Simon's bed. Uh, before we get there, though, Jane bought apples. Yeah. Everybody else find that odd. Well, it's because of the previous episode, Ariel. I think he's trying to atone a little bit for, you know, having almost turned in uh, the Doctor and um, River. So,
3: good eh. continuity.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like that.
3: I wonder if it aired before or after the
0: episode. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it aired afterwards because but of... the events of Ariel? It, yeah, it... Uh, it certainly
2: hmm. wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, okay. Wash and Zoe are having some marriage issues.
2: Yeah, I thought before we even get that far, the uh, the whole story with the apples and the Griswolds, and Wash's reaction to that. I thought that was very interesting. He is, he's. I don't want to say he's a pansy. I, I, that's not the word I'm looking for. But he's not attuned to violence. He's not a soldier. Well, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even. I. I think that the the kind of violence that is discussed in this episode, any American television watcher is I'm not gonna I don't want to say comfortable with, but used to seeing regularly. Do you
0: think if you were sitting around a table
2: and with, told with this your story. with
0: your wife that she wouldn't react in a similar fashion? No, I don't. You really don't think so? I think she was like, there. They're telling a real story. Yes.
2: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that would be her reaction.
0: You don't think that she would, if, if it be were horrified dinner time, by that?
2: perhaps? But I don't get the sense that it's dinner time. Everyone's just kind of sitting around chatting.
0: Huh. I I don't know your wife well enough. I think that she would. Okay. But, Can someone explain to me... Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off if you want to go on about your wife.
2: Well, I I think you're actually kind of making my point there that it's my wife and it's Wash. He's kind of the wife in that relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that was kind of where I was trying no, to no disagreement there. Are you going to talk about the apples' booby traps? Yes. Okay.
0: Can someone explain to me the difference between...
2: I was going to ask this.
0: ...cutting into an apple with a knife versus... Biting into an apple.
2: When you're cutting into it with a knife and you feel the resistance, you have a chance to stop and throw it away from you. When you're biting into it, it's gone off before you realize there's a problem.
1: Hmm.
3: Uh, I, I, uh. I, I don't know. I Just because... It, like, unless you I, bite I, really I mean,
2: gingerly, usually when you're biting into an apple, it's a fairly...
3: I'm I'm just saying the time thing... To get it away, like, out of my mouth and throw it versus cutting it and then throwing it. I mean, I I, I actually, I think you'd have a better chance of throwing it, like, from your mouth because then you're not fumbling with the knife or anything. Or if there was a difference, it would be, like a a like, a fraction of a second that pretty much would determine, you know what, I'm never eating apples ever again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I found interesting, one of the other things in that story was... Hey, we had no ammunition to speak of, so we were just sitting around. Except for the grenades that they had able to stash inside of an apple. Which, how do you get a grenade inside of an apple is another question.
3: That uh, that's. They had a great surgeon over there. <laughs> the apple
0: surgeon <laughs> who could stitch up the apple peel together. Yeah, well, it could have
3: been Simon. Maybe maybe, maybe. He was doing some freelance work, you know,
0: back then. He would have just been a kid, but uh...
3: <laughs> it was his internship. He was Doogie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, we I can move past the Tech- apples at this point now.
2: Uh, I I do want to introduce a new little thing to our podcast here. Uh, there's a wonderful website called the Firefly Pinionary. Now, I probably mispronounced that, but what they do, what they have done is they have gone through and captured any occurrence of Chinese either spoken or written in any episode of Firefly and translated it. Okay, okay. And they break it out by episode, and you can actually, as they're going through, and they even correct their pronunciation. So they'll say, here's how you're supposed to pronounce it. Here's how the character in the episode actually pronounced it. And so uh, Wash and, and Zoe are having this argument, and Wash has this big, long Chinese phrase that when when uh, Zoe is kind of, hiding behind the captain saying well I knew the captain would reject it so it doesn't matter what I think Uh, and Wash says all the planets in space just flushed out of my butt
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's great (laughs) All right. well I've gotten the mental picture I uh, (laughs) needed out of that Uh, I guess we can move on
2: Uh, there's one part in that that fight though that I, I mentioned to you earlier Pete which is this marriage needs one less husband.
0: Yes. Um and I like it, that one. it well, it made me question Does Dee Dee feel this way about me? <laughs>
2: yes, it's a good question.
0: I did not ask it. <laughs> I think we're all afraid to. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh, because I could see how she might have that opinion. Yeah. And I feel bad, a little bit, but can't be a podcast without it. <laughs> uh, anyway, Wash is feeling like things are a little too crowded. And it's because I, I guess there's, you know, there's this feeling of, hey, you know what? I'm not really in your world enough. You've got your hidden secrets and stories with, with the captain, and I don't get to be a part of those. And I feel like I'm on the outside. I've been in friendships and relationships like that. When I served my mission, there, there were a couple of, you know, uh, uh, apartments where, you know, the new guys moved into, The me and the other guy were still there, and we had all of our old stories. The new guys didn't. And they're like, sure. Ser- seriously? What? I, I can't get a backstory on that or something like that? And it caused problems. And I can understand completely... How Wash is feeling in in this situation?
3: So it's, I think it's beyond that in a in a way that's like um, it's funny. I was watching um, Airplane. It's on Netflix. I was listening to it because I know it so well. I don't have to watch it. I just like listening to it. When I wasn't listening to stand up comedians, I was I was listening to Airplane. Um, and there's a great like kind of subtle line that that's said at the very beginning when when Ted is running to get his girlfriend. He's like, "No, we can work things out. Come on, I can." I can change. And she turns around and says, Ted, it takes a lot of things to make this marriage work. Most of all, it takes respect. And I can't love the man I don't respect. And then she walks away. You know, because you think she's saying, you don't respect me, you don't do all this, but she's just, her big argument is, I don't respect you. <laughs> so, so I'm leaving this. Um, and, uh, but, like, I think in a relationship um, there's, you know, there's the sexual relationship, there's the friendship, there's all of these aspects. Um, but Mal really was ro- robbing Wash of, um, a respect of opinion, a respect of intelligence and things like that. And so, you know, he felt it pretty strong. It's not just, uh, a marriage and a relationship isn't just, you know, romance. It it's I, a huge package. I was
0: just about to ask you: Do you think that it's a form of infidelity?
3: I think it is. I definitely think it is. I, it's, I had a, you know, in you know, being the kind of uh, <laughs> uh, the, the buzzkill that I am, I, I was reminded of a conversation I had with some coworker I had like ten years ago, um, who was married, but she confided a lot of things in this other, like one of our coworkers, or some other friend that she had that she didn't confide to her husband. Like, that was her talking buddy, like her gay best friend sort of thing. But I don't know if he was gay. Um, and and I told her, I'm like, I think that's infidelity. That's really what I told her. It's like, yes, yeah, you didn't have sex, but, I mean, I, are you saying the other things that you're supposed to share with your husband aren't important as well? Um, and that's kind of where I came down on it. maybe'm I'm, maybe I'm being a a jerk about that, but that's kind of how I feel anyway.
0: I think you're right as well i I don't think that you hide things from your spouse and you even when it's the the bad, it's the ugly, it's the unpleasant. You're supposed to cleave unto each other as though you were one flesh. you take the good, you take the bad.
2: There you have the facts of life. So I. Your honor, I plead the fifth on the grounds <laughs> that the answer to this question <laughs> might incriminate me. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, moving on then. Uh, boy. I, uh, hmm. So we, we get to see in our take a female client. And there is a great set of character moments as we see each individual person and their own reaction to that that realization. I I, I wouldn't
0: say great set of character moments. I would say
2: a set of character moments. A set of moments that give us a great chance to understand the characters better.
0: Yeah. Good good thing we needed to understand Jane a little (laughs) bit more in this situation.
2: I'll be in my bunk.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Jane, very much. Uh, let me ask you guys this, because it doesn't seem to have any bearing on the overall story in this. Did that little part of the story arc get put in as filler, or do you think it's actually trying to help out the show? Like, or I should say, the, the main plot of this episode. Because in my mind, it was an uh, an excuse for them to put two hot, nearly naked women together and have them kiss on screen?
2: Uh, you know, maybe I'm too optimistic or too naive here, but I'd, I'd like to imagine that it is Joss Whedon doing the same thing that we heard Straczynski say at several points that he wanted to do, which is just to say, you know what, it, its it's a relationship, and relationships are relationships, and it doesn't matter what the sex or the gender of the particular individuals are. Basically, trying to annul the 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 shock of it, but at the same time having some fun with it. I mean, it's a funny thing. What Jane, you know, if, I think all of them have a funny reaction. Kaylee's was, to me, the funniest. Where she's like, "Wow, I just I didn't think it'd be so glamorous looking." I thought that was hilarious.
3: I think that I I, I agree with Joey in that. It should have been to, like, downplay the whole idea, to kind of, um, you know, it, advance it a little bit. But I don't think it was done very well in this episode, because I don't think in that universe all of the characters would have been, like, oh my <laughs> gosh, this actually happens? What? I, I think they would have been, I think they would have acted different. I think they would have acted like it was no big deal, if that's what the point
2: was supposed to be.
0: Right. I, I think that it's... gratuitous. Yeah. It's there to sensationalize and say, hey, look, we have hot, naked women on the show. Oh, and by the way, they kiss. Huh? Huh? That's good to everybody watching this episode this week. <laughs> that That's kind of what I thought. Anyway, that, that's just my, I my personal I can't believe
2: you thought. passed up a chance to use the word titillate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it violated my personal sensibilities. <laughs> um, anyway, adult situations, nonetheless. This episode... And the next episode, you remember when we showed um, the the girls? Girls, yeah. I had completely forgotten.
3: You mean the next episode we haven't watched? Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah, trash. Trash.
3: Oh no. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, I thought because the next episode after that, Heart of Gold. Uh, the I don't remember uh, that the whorehouse. One. The whorehouse one.
0: I oh. think that's what you're talking about. No, I I was referring to Mal's naked butt, which we're going to see in Trash. Trash, And then this one here where we have the, you know, you know, semi-lesbian scene of of two women kissing. A lot of back. It was a little awkward because all of a sudden I was like, when it's happening, oh crap, I forgot that this scene was here. And it's sort of like uh i wonder what they're thinking right now <laughs> note to self don't ask what they're thinking right now <laughs> whatever i do just pretend like it's not happening and uh anyway m- move on I But just, here's the question i, I just for wanted you. to mention that that D- i felt does awkward. the
2: counselor pass your qualifications for hot chick
0: oh for sure okay oh yeah definitely hot chick she could do with a little bit longer hair but, okay. uh, yeah, she's a very attractive woman.
1: Yeah.
2: Doesn't do it for John.
3: Yeah. She's great. She's okay.
2: She's all right. So, Ma- Mal and Wash head off in the shuttle uh, to go to the meet. And, again, from the opinionary, Mal calls the fight between Zoe and Wash a knot of self-indulgent lunacy. A knot
0: of self-indulgent lunacy. Meaning, it is self indulgent lunacy.
2: Yes, a a tangle, a knot. Oh, 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 oh. K N O T.
0: Right. Well, you should have pronounced K-N-O-T. that. K-N-O-T. Thank oh, yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So he goes along, and, uh,
2: <laughs> and the SEAL Team Six is working for Nishka.
0: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> Like, did they just go and get some ranger team somewhere and it's like, hey, guys, we just need you for, you know, an hour or so. Uh, I, I to- think they
2: were actually out there filming and those guys actually popped up. Like, no, 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 keep that. It works.
0: <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Um Anyway, so it's, it ends up being Nishka's men. They capture them. They take them back. We find out that uh, Wash doesn't do well. With, with being captured and yeah. uh, imprisoned in, in this, uh, position. Um, and so they get tortured. We get to see some wonderful torturing going on. Yep. And, uh, Mal is, it, it's humorous to watch the two of them argue, continue this argument that's been going on while Nishka's just sitting there saying, yeah, okay, now, yeah, now go ahead and hit them. You know, yeah, as the,
2: the way I wrote it down was, Yeah, I'm not sure there is anything funnier than dry wit while under torture. (laughs) Uh, It plays well. It really does, I think. Fortunately
3: for them, they had something to argue about. I'm sure that helped with the torture.
0: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's compare this for a second. TNG, Captain Picard getting tortured. We remember there are four lights. Yep. Um, This torture... Which do you think is worse?
2: Um, this torture right here or the one later where they stick the special machine on? Uh,
0: The, the whole, the the torture of them. Like the, the, everything that happens to Mal and everything that happens to Captain Picard.
2: Maybe I'm under appreciating it, but I feel like I can probably hold up under the psychological torture because I grew up in that. (laughs) And I made it out relatively okay. Um. So I feel like the the physical torture is probably the harder for me to bear. I I fear the physical torture more. That's for sure. Uh,
0: the physical torture would be. I, I'm not sure I can handle it because I'm I'm a sissy. <laughs> As I learned from my my dislocated shoulder, I'm a sissy. As I learned from my rib, I'm a sissy. Big big sissy here. Um, I think I could do the the mental stuff. To answer my question, I think Captain Picard's was was tougher. This seemed all physical there wasn't any sort of emotional or mental i don't know about that
2: i don't know if i agree with you there because they did resurrect him or or resuscitate him at least
0: oh i like (laughs) the idea that nishka has the ability to resurrect people
2: well you know you could argue that resuscitate and resurrect are not that different he was dead and he was brought back to life.
0: <laughs> um, alright, Mal is our new savior, everyone. <laughs> we have heard it here first. Uh,
2: you know, the, the idea that, you know, you're dying will not get you out of this. I will just keep bringing you back to life. You know, I, I've heard that threat before in other shows, but to actually see it applied was a little more horrifying. A little more like, yeah, okay. There is absolutely nothing you can do. You cannot get away from this guy. Okay, John, did you want to
0: weigh in at all? Uh, Not on that.
3: I was thinking, since I probably could deal with the psychological torture easier than the physical torture, I probably my one gambit would probably be like, "There's nothing physically you can do to me." that would make me speak. So you may as well just skip to the psychological
2: torture. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really weak there. That's my weakness. That's my weakness. (laughs) Darn it. Why did I just tell you that? (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, so the torture goes on. Um, Zoe figures out, oh, hey, you know what? Um, We got to go and rescue them. So she flies in and offers
2: a bounty. But before you get that far. I just have one question for the two of you: How is it that Shepherd Book can tell that the military team were using laser scopes?
0: Because that type of weapon that shot them
2: comes with laser, laser scopes.
0: Absolutely, you wouldn't dare use anything other than lasers. That would be sheer <laughs> barbary. And this okay. is in the Dark well, Ages. Maybe
3: these laser actual scopes...
0: snipers don't use laser pointers. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gives them away a bit, doesn't it?
3: The the reason is because the laser scopes in this Firefly
2: universe actually burn. They're a little a too little. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're using five watt lasers, are they?
0: <laughs> like that. Yeah. They you know they shine them in their the retina and destroy them. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Or or they have better vision after the shot. <laughs> Some of their hair is
0: removed, unsightly mustaches, stuff like that. So, uh, so she pays the ransom. Here's my thought: Nishka has no idea how much money they have. Yeah. It seems to me like they say, "Okay, let's take all the money in the ship. Let's put it in a bag and here, 'Here, we'd like to buy our people back.'" It seems a bit foolish in my mind. Why don't you just go Get with some rocks. just just go with a bunch of money, not all the money?
2: Well. Zoe is clearly not a negotiator. She doesn't even try to argue the point. I mean, she's just... It is a all-out attempt to... She's holding nothing back. She's literally, literally putting all of her cards in play right here, right now, to try and get my men back. I get that.
0: I just feel like... It seems like Nishka's not... I, I don't know why she's believing that Nishka is somehow going to honor this. Yeah, I, I don't know well, if she's deluding I, I, herself or not.
3: Well, it, it, yeah, she may have been. She may have thought that they may just kill her and take the money, but it's really all she could do. And she wasn't gonna be like, okay, I'm gonna try to get the guys back, and I'm gonna skim a little off the top. <laughs> <laughs> because I know maybe- Well, let's save some money.
0: Gas is expensive yeah, this time! Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good point, John. Real good, real good point. Um. okay, so, anyway, She's like, yeah, him. I'll take him. Yeah, he's doesn't the one. Even,
2: doesn't even wait for the question. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and so they leave, but not without a little bit of extra part of Mal. Um, his ear gets cut off.
2: And Zoe's lack, total lack of reaction to that, I think is, is a real strong moment for her character. We see she is really hard. I mean, she can be as hard as she needs to be because she didn't even flinch. She didn't, mm-hmm. there was absolutely no reaction to that event there.
3: That was one of, Uh, funny, um, Nathan Fillion and Alan Tudyk's favorite moments from the episode, because they did the commentary.
0: Oh, I forgot to listen to the commentary.
3: Yeah, um, and, and they said that specifically, like, oh, I just love how she did it, yeah. They were, they were really praising, um, what's her, I don't know her name. Gina Torres. Gina Torres' name, uh, yeah, they were praising her, uh, for the whole episode, It it was kind of fun to listen to.
0: Nice. Uh, okay, so, they decide, hey, let's mount a rescue. We're gonna do yes. this. Let's do this. And everybody gets involved. They're like, okay, fine. We all think this is suicide, but we care about the captain that much. He's, he's rescued each one of us. We gotta do this. And so they fly in
2: just perfectly
0: it's under the radar.
2: I love the, uh, the line. It's like throwing a dart and hitting a bullseye 6,000 miles away. <laughs> because, I mean, they lined up even like the, the docking bay. That was truly impressive calculations.
0: Yeah. They go in. They start firing away. They they manage to get in there. They rescue Mal. And we get to see the preacher doing some pretty good shooting. And we get to see River. Yes. Oh, so awesome. Just shuts her eyes, walks around the corner, boom, boom, boom. I can't
2: look, can't look, can't look. Bam, bam, bam!
0: <laughs> Such a cool uh scene for for me.
2: I, I Go ahead, John. Uh, you, you may say this,
3: I think the awesomest part of it is, like, as an audience, we're like, oh, wow, that was so awesome, that was totally cool. And in another show, I think Kaylee would have high-fived her. Like, yay, you saved us, you, you did it, but... They bring a lot of reality to the scene that where Kaylee's actually very horrified by what River did. Freaked out. Really cool. Really freaked out. And they out. didn't visit it completely in this episode, and they saved it for later. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I really like the, uh, the development of Kaylee's character. As she shrinks away, she's retreating back into the ship, and as she's doing it, she's watching these other troops come, basically cut off the only escape route, For the people that she loves. She knows she's doing it, but she still can't bring herself to do anything about it.
0: That is what a fear check is all about in D&D. Okay. Roll a fear check. Nope, you failed. Go and cower in the corner, please. (laughs) That's that's exactly what happened. She failed her fear check. Uh, Anyway, they get Mal off the ship. I can't remember. Did they take the money? I don't think they took the money. I don't think they did. That's a shame. Yeah, didn't take the money that was
2: Should poorly poorly maybe done. they did
3: we don't know they didn't say they didn't take yeah, the money. Say. yeah. Okay. of course Niska Niska got away so he probably had the money on his person
0: well it was a big bag full of money yeah it was who uh, okay. knows and most of his capital's probably tied up in the space station
2: did, did you guys think it was odd that Jane was so willing to go after Mal after the events of Ariel no. I felt like that relationship would have been more strained than that. No,
3: I just seemed... I, I Maybe it was another apple.
2: The, that that's
0: that's the, his, you know, atoning, so to speak, okay. uh, of saying, right, "Captain cares." I'm in. Okay. In, I'm a, in. in
3: a way, I mean, I I can see how he could have gone that way. In another way, he kind of has a life oath to Mal because <laughs> Mal, you know what I'm saying? Because because Mal had him like.
0: Much like He's, Jar Jar Banks.
3: Right. Uh, I was thinking Chewbacca. <laughs> okay, Chewbacca. Chewbacca. has the life old. And he had it first. You know, maybe not chronologically in that long time ago in a galaxy far, far away universe, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, um,
2: yeah, what I said. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I'm with
2: John on that. Um, they, they did a great thing in this episode where, right, as everyone's gearing up arming for the the assault on Niska's space station right as they head to commercial they have uh, Niska's bodyguard looking at on and say, yep he's dead, <laughs> and then they cut to black <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was great to, you know, to play with the audience expectation that way. Yeah, it was good
0: um, Okay I, I don't have anything more to talk about
2: Listener comments? Uh, I have just uh, a few other things here um, I could have done without the CGI graphics of the guy falling down the, the, the tu- terrible tunnel of terror or whatever that was that he fell down at the end. It
3: was the, it was the, um, Death Star. Yeah. Core, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh it was, it was a little, a little goofy on the CGI there, I thought. And then the other thing I thought was, well, we've seen the dermal bonder now, Pete. This totally explains how Mal and his crew are totally repaired for each week's episode. There would still be a scar, though. No, there was no scar. It's a new futuristic technology. It's called a dermal bonder that repairs human tissue without scars.
3: So there aren't any more scars in the future.
2: Well, as long as you get access to a dermal bonder.
0: Yeah, a, a dermal bonder works on, I believe, the epidermis. Dermis being, I believe, skin. Yes. So wouldn't necessarily be fixing all the bits inside. Well,
2: the, so epidermis is only the extreme outer layer of skin, all the way down to the, uh, the capillaries is your dermis, so. Okay. Uh,
0: I'm thinking of the internal, Bleeding? you
2: know, holes through cutlands. Wow. But if they have a dermal bonder, why couldn't they have an organic bonder? A
3: colon bonder. That impending. Anyway, I have something really quick. Um, and I should have said this last time, but I didn't. I forgot. Um... But uh, I still think, and I think this episode kind of backs this up, uh, you guys both say that the future of Jane betraying Mal would have will have been told, like, if the series went on, that that story hadn't been told. And I say the story was told just fine and great in Ariel. And I still feel that way because I think Jane... If if Jane did another betrayal, I think it would be cheap after the betrayal that already happened.
0: Here's how I think that story goes: it's a betrayal, or it's made to look like a betrayal.
2: Yes, it's all part of the plan.
0: And it's really at the end, he's like, "Ha ha, fool, Jew!" That's, that's really. exactly it. Right. And so there, like you said, there is no actual betrayal. He's learned his lesson, so to speak. Okay, yeah, I'll watch I, I could that. I could see that happen. I'll watch
2: that. Yeah, the TV tropes term for it is, it's all part of the plan. Mm
0: -mm. Okay. Uh, Listener comments? Yes. Okay. We will go with uh, listener M. Nice. M. M. Captain Brevity. Rear Admiral M. (laughs) Hey, guys, thanks for fixing the feed. Firstly, I love that you have a tap bell now. I think you'll find that you can have a lot of fun podcasting with sound effects. Eventually, you can add a slide whistle or even a kazoo. <laughs> we need a slide whistle. No. Absolutely we do not. need a slide whistle. Absolutely not. Uh, also, the different microphones didn't sound any worse than usual. Just oh. crappy in a different way. That one stings. <laughs> that one really stings because I thought her sound quality was usually pretty good. That hurts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess he's called you out on it. You have been pretty terrible lately.
2: <laughs> lately? Apparently I've always been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Although, since he just now discovered the bell, maybe he hasn't listened to our back catalog. Yeah. There's like 100 at least episodes of podcasting goodness, <laughs> listener Captain Brevity.
0: Uh, he continues, maybe your fancy new microphones will work better. Well, you'll have to let us know.
2: Yeah, the pro- or not. Just keep it to not. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> not every opinion needs to be shared.
3: <laughs> there are a lot of... I'll say, I'll, I'll, everybody listening right now, <laughs> there have been a lot of dialing and buzzing and pushing of buttons and twisting of knobs tonight. Yeah. Uh, So this is very, very experimental so far
0: uh he continues um glad to hear john learned a lot producing a short film for the 48 hour film project there's always next year to win yeah so is my producer credit a real credit do i get an imdb page now if we can get the movie on imdb then yeah why not yeah why not okay he goes on to the episode war stories Wash and Zoe's marriage problems prove my basic theory about relationships. Whenever a relationship falls apart, it is almost always the woman's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Joey, did you want to ring on on that? Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Now that I've offended all the females, allow me to explain. Men are very simple creatures. We don't want or need much. All it takes to, uh, all it takes to make men satisfied is food and sex. We also like to feel like we are in charge. The smart woman takes care of her man in these very simple ways. I don't know that I want to continue reading this. I feel like Mark, we're digging a hole for Mark here. Uh, Okay, Um, it takes care of her man in these very simple ways. Then the man will be loyal to his woman, and he will do whatever she wants. uh, Women who don't understand this principle do the wrong thing and drive their men away by withholding sex or nagging and being unpleasant. But men are simple creatures, and therefore very easy to manipulate. Uh, I think we should mention—is um, it Mark Single? I, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> I, the thing is, <laughs> if he wasn't before, he will be on
1: Monday. <laughs>
3: no, 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 I was just gonna say because I, I was gonna—I was gonna mention now that I—he actually said now that I've offended all the females. I was gonna say, wait, are there any left? I haven't heard any female response in a long time around here. I think oh, he picked. I, I think you picked the right podcast as far as, like, <laughs> uh, female participation. I haven't heard from Spongebob in a long time, have I? Not since she I've did, started hanging She
2: commented out. on the Facebook group she, uh, she's today. She's been pretty active in Facebook the past few weeks. Okay, I'm
0: lousy with Facebook, so I don't know. Uh, I would say super active. She, she posted today.
2: She posted some comments in the past few weeks on different people's posts.
0: Uh, listener M continues. Anyway, if Wash hadn't insisted on going on his mm-hmm. mission... Would Mal and Zoe have been able to get away and not even been captured? I think yes. They would have uh, detected the snipers just in time to evade capture. But then we would miss out on the great action scene where the crew surges onto the space station with guns blazing to rescue Mal.
3: I don't know if they would have. Like, if Zoe was there, he's like, oh, that bush over there, I think I saw it move.
2: <laughs> maybe well, because I'm not busy arguing with wash
3: May- yeah maybe I d- would would, would uh, Zoe have actually carried that huge container of stuff <laughs> That's another thing I was wondering about Maybe More. if mal if Mal had to carry it if he was that gentlemanly with Zoe, maybe she would have seen the snipers
0: uh, you know what he made her carry that big bag of heavy stuff when they uh, were on uh, Persephone. No, no, on well, no,
2: she on, took it from him.
0: Yeah, but anyway, she could carry it. I think she'd be all right with it. Yeah. Okay, uh, listener of Rainy Smurf. As everyone rushes in to rescue Mal and Wash, I wonder about River's crazy three-shot slaying. She seemed to have been instructed not to look when shooting. It reminds me of a Sweet Samurai Jack episode where he faces three blind archers. Did you dudes ever watch that show? Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Also, yay for space lesbians. Mandarin quote of the week: Niu zhe, bovine defecation. Sci-fi six, TV six, Western six, <laughs> evil. <laughs> Samurai Jack was pretty cool. It was
2: good. Yeah. I liked
3: it. Did he ever get home? I don't know. Okay, I didn't. I actually didn't see too much of it. It was more. It was more something I admired. Never heard of it. Kind of intermittently. Really? Yeah. Samurai. Ja- it. It was. Uh. The the animator is famous. genady Hart Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Re- really rolls off the tongue. It's. <laughs> I've only seen it printed. I've never heard it set out loud. <laughs> he,
2: He's the guy who did the uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, interstitial cartoons, between the two. The two D Clone yes. Wars.
3: Yeah. Um, which were. Really cool. I I love those. I think he did Dexter's Laboratory,
0: too. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Okay. Writings? Which one do we start off with? Television. Television first? Yes. I feel like we should be doing sci-fi first. Too bad. Television. Okay. TV, I'm going to give this a 7. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was action-y. And it was funny. Okay. There's a lot of stuff. Should we do lines now? Yeah, do lines. Do I go first? I'll yep. go first. Uh, let's see here. So, are we going to sing army songs? <laughs> um, so, now I'm learning about carrying. And then later... So, now I'm learning about scary. <laughs> um, things... Uh, there's a band going on right under my nose. <laughs> Um, uh, leave no man behind now Um, oh this is my favorite it's somewhat fuzzier on the kneecaps that was uh, Shepard Book Book. uh, talking about how he was okay with going in and shooting people Mm. Um, you learned
3: that from uh, Sean Yu I believe
0: (laughs) (laughs) mmm wife soup (laughs) and then I have this other one but I don't remember what it's from no no, it's not. Ah, shoot. Yeah, that's vague. I, 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 every time I write down these quotes, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'll totally remember that. <laughs> and then I get here and I'm like, crap, oh, where did that come from? Yeah. Oh well. John, do you have any quotes?
3: Yes. Um, I, I actually, I only wrote down one quote. And TV rating.
2: Okay, okay I'll, I'll do TV, TV I'll do six on this
3: one. Um, uh Pete, I, I think it's interesting. Uh my favorite character is Wash, your favorite character is Jane. You did some wash heavy quotes this it's time a, around. It was a
0: wash heavy episode. It was a
3: wash heavy episode. But is it But they were great. They were great. The, well the, the the quote that I the only quote I wrote down was actually a Jane quote. Um <laughs> and it was uh they uh Zoe comes back and um they're like, Oh yeah, they have the captain, you know. So we're gonna say how are we gonna save him? You know, what do you have? And she pulls out the ear. And Jane says, What are we going to do? Clone him? <laughs> <laughs> that
0: was a good one. Uh, makes you wonder do they have cloning technology? <laughs> uh, or is doesn't... he just being really sarcastic at that
2: point? <laughs> I think he's being sarcastic.
3: It could be. A... you think we'd seen it by now. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, so, my first one was Mal, as he's talking to Anar at the beginning Ah, the pitter patter of tiny feet in combat boots. <laughs> Um, there's, uh, she swore to obey. Well, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we missed the opinionary. Uh, when Book sees the ear, he says, he refers to the people as filthy fornicators of livestock. Mm -hmm. Ooh,
0: wow. Fuck. Man, this guy's rough around the edges. (laughs) He's not religious at all. And
2: then I, I think, I think my two favorite quotes i don't know if i could pick one out of the two but uh so the first one is this is something the captain has to do for himself (laughs) no no it's not that's it no no no, no, it's it's not not. okay Uh, all right yeah you had it written down
3: like no no but i was on the wrong part of the screen so (laughs) of course i should have realized that too because i I mean i was thinking that i thought we'd mention that but we didn't we didn't get onto to it oh well
2: and then uh just so
0: we're clear everybody that never do I need to do something on my own? <laughs>
2: Definitely step in. Help me out. All right. And then uh, the the second is, take me, sir. Take me hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my TV rating is a six. I, I think it's just a little too gory for, for public television. I mean, for broadcast television.
0: I can see that. Um, I'm going to give this for sci-fi a seven. Okay. Uh because of the torture stuff that they do, we see this weird thing that plugs into you sort of. Oh, awesome. Uh, and then uh you know, lining up the spaceship and you know, flying off uh and that stuff and uh and then river shooting those guys blind. I I feel like that's a science fictiony thing. Okay. John, I'm glad you mentioned all of those things because you were going to give it a low rating. Cuz yeah. <laughs> I feel like 7 is still maybe a little bit high, but I, I don't know. It, it, yeah. I, whatever. I was going to say 6. I think I'm going
3: to say 6.5 now, which has the added bonus of annoying you. <laughs>
2: um, uh, I gave it a 7 as well, Pete. Did you have a Western rating, Pete? No, I don't have a Western, John, rating, you have Western rating for
3: this. I say 7. I thought it was a higher... <laughs> I, I thought somehow, for some reason... Nishka seems more like a Western adversary than a sci-fi adversary to me. And it's something I can't really put my finger on, but it just kind of seemed that way. Is it because he's
2: Czechoslovakian? Yeah. <laughs>
3: it, wait, I, when we talk about Western, we're talking about Western Czechoslovakian cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: uh, uh, I, I did give it a two. I think it had a little bit of a, a Western.
0: Moving on to our next episode, Trash. Mal is naked in the desert.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> Seriously, that's what you're going to focus in That on. is the only thing I remember from this episode if I don't take notes. Because it's so disturbing. Oh, come I on. I my, my... Christina Hendricks? Yeah, I just... I always come away from that episode saying, yep, Sawmel's naked butt. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was pretty disturbing
0: to to see when he's getting so frustrated and angry when she's
2: flying <laughs> calling off. calling her dirty filthy whore and... <laughs>
0: I could see his butt cheeks. <laughs> Clench. Shaking. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, Yeah. I wonder how much of that they got away with showing
2: on Fox.
3: They didn't show any of it. They on didn't? Fox.
2: Okay. Okay. Did this episode not air this or it? This episode just... did not air. Okay.
3: Um, according to the back of the DVDs anyway, okay. it said never aired. Okay. Not aired.
0: Um, okay, so it starts off with the, Mal, being naked in, uh, in the middle of the desert, and him saying, huh, that went well. <laughs> um, which, uh, we're all supposed to think, uh oh, something bad happened. Yeah. Didn't go according to plan. <laughs> or so we thought. Um, so, Saffron is back, or as she's known at the beginning, Bridget. Yep. Uh, and she is...
2: Or as she's known towards the end? Yolanda, uh, Yolanda, Yosafbridge. Oh, okay. Mal calls her. He's like, "Hey, Yosafbridge." I didn't catch that. <laughs> I didn't catch that either. <laughs> um, uh,
0: let's see here. So they fight, and then her husband, who is Mal's old war buddy, uh is like, "Hey, what's going on here? Wait a minute." And You so, two know each other, <laughs> so he leaves her down on the planet. It's, it's
3: because she does something very unsaffron-like and blows her own cover by saying his full name. Which I thought, I thought she was smarter than that. But I,
0: you know, I guess they had to move the story along a little bit. Yeah. Um. So that character of that guy was his name Jack. I feel like his, his thought name it was, was Cap- Bob, Captain Jack, or something. Anyway. He seemed a little over the top. I didn't really buy that character very ah, much. I was okay with it.
3: He he didn't
0: speak to me anyway. I think you you may have had a harder time, not so much with the character, but that he'd
3: be he best friends with Mal. Because he, do, he doesn't seem as cool as Mal.
0: <laughs> I don't know, maybe. It could be any number of things. I'm willing to accept all of those uh, possible posits.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so, anyway, he ends up putting her in the case, brings her aboard... Firefly, and he talks her, or she talks him into this plan. No. Sort of. No. Sort of. Not even a little bit. He, pre- She presents this plan to him,
2: and then he ends up doing it. Mal has a fight with Inara, and in order to win the argument, goes out and does something incredibly self-destructive. No. Yes. All,
0: all part of the plan.
3: No. All part of the plan.
2: No, you're wrong.
3: It's all part of the plan in presenting to us because so much of the plan was off camera.
0: <laughs> anyway, it's a caper. They're going to they're going to get into this really, really rich guy's house and steal the very first laser gun.
2: I I'm sorry, I just read my next note, which is Every time someone drops anything in the trash they're really going to send that drone down to haul the entire crate away? (laughs) He puts, like, one bag of trash down the chute.
0: That just shows how truly opulent this society is. (laughs) We can't dare let trash be around us for any amount of time. We must get it away. Every
3: time you blow your nose, (laughs) a giant robot machine flies in from miles away and picks it up.
0: (laughs) Um, Anyway, they get on board... I don't have tons of notes on here. Most of my notes really ended up being quotes that I wrote down, so feel free to stop me at any point. Um, the, uh, they managed to talk the crew into doing the job. Everybody on the crew was saying, seriously, Mal? You're gonna you're trust a, her? You're an idiot. That, that was my,
3: my favorite moment of, of the episode was, I think we cut back from commercial, and, and, um, and, uh, Christina Hendricks is, is laying out, she's in the middle of laying out the plan. She's right. just saying, this is what's happening, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. We have no idea, we, d- we didn't see the beginning of the conversation.
2: Right, the introduction of Mal saying, yeah, oh, Mal by the saying, way, oh, here she is. <laughs>
3: here's Saffron, here's what we're doing. So we didn't see that reaction from everybody. Um, but while she's saying that, Wash has this really confused look on his face, kind of like, Really? That's what we're doing? That's the plan? I, I, I'm not sure if I'm following all the details. That's the kind of look that he has. Yeah. And we're kind of wondering. It's like, okay, yeah, I have a question. He still has a confused look on his face. Why is she on the ship? How did she get on the ship? I don't remember picking her up. She just, she just came in from nowhere. You
1: know, which is kind of what...
3: Um, which is, in a lot of ways, it's really hilarious and funny. Um, Kind of cheating in a storytelling kind of way because um, yes we did not see when she was introduced so they didn't have the burden of selling that they knew exactly what was going on
0: right it's one of the the weird things about television that i've started noticing more and more and more which is characters only have important conversations when they're on screen so for example there's something happening and they've suddenly got to drive out to wherever this thing is happening at they don't have the interesting conversation until they arrive and are getting out of the car (laughs) it's sort of like did they sit in silence the whole way like this seems like a really important plot point that you would have been discussing like The moment you got into the vehicle. Well, you
3: know what they were talking about in the vehicle. They were talking about how in France, it's not called a quarter pounder (laughs) with cheese. It's actually called a royale Royale with cheese. (laughs) Uh, And so that's the kind of stuff you talk about when you drive
0: around. Yeah. And and it's just, it's a device of television that we've all just sort of come to accept and just look past. I, you know, and I like what they did
2: here because they used it really well yeah. to turn it into a funny moment. Yeah. I, I don't. I think you're looking at it completely backwards. I, I think the trick of it is that we're only recording when they're having interesting conversations. It's not that they're only having the interesting conversations on camera. It's that we just cut out the parts of our lives mentally that are not interesting conversations. I,
0: I can buy that, but again... It seems as though the things that get talked about are really important to the both of them. Why weren't they having that in the hour-long drive? I, I think, yeah, I think I think it's important to realize
3: that um, we're not recording just when the important conversations are, because the important conversation is over the span of maybe two hours amidst other things. Um, like, actual conversations have a lot of tangents, and... Unnecessary context that we can't squeeze into an episode, and so the entire conversation that would have happened in the car happens all at once when we exit the car.
2: How, how did you turn that entire thing into a slam on our podcast? <laughs> I love tangents. That's why I wish we saw more of it in television.
3: That's one of the reasons why I think you know, pulp fiction is great because they add those side conversations that we that were like, "Wow, I'm not used to hearing these conversations." And we get to participate in that, too. That's kind of fun for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So, they go down to the planet. They are executing the plan. They are getting up there to the place where the gun's at. Mal reprograms the security system. Okay. Will he
2: reprograms the security system?
0: On the gun. Oh, 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 The, the pedestal of the gun. Okay, on the pedestal. I don't know. Whatever. He manages to do it. Then the guy shows up. And this is where it gets interesting. Because suddenly, she's not Saffron or Bridget. She is Yolanda. Which, that must... When does Yolanda become a white woman's name? <laughs> That's what I want to know. In the future, when does this happen?
2: It's about 30 years from now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, yeah. probably doesn't take too long. I mean, if you, you ever see Starship Troopers? Everyone's lily white in that, but they all have... Well, they're from Buenos Aires, and they... Yes. You
1: know,
3: and I, you know, I guess there are a lot of white people in Buenos Aires, but they, they looked really, you know, USA, kind of.
0: Indeed. Uh, don't have a problem with the name, Yolanda. I just... Not typically a white woman's name. Right. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, um... She was married to this guy six years ago five or six years ago, and mysteriously left, and they all thought she was dead when ah, eh, not the case. she was actually again trying to steal something. um she's reinventing herself again, right, and according to her conversation with Mal, which was it the truth? was it not? What do you guys think? Was she actually trying at that point, and then she just couldn't
2: do it, and she had to get away? I think she really tried with this guy. Because he had everything that she thought she wanted. I don't buy it.
0: I'm with you. I think it's it's another story, another ruse to. It's what she does.
3: I I think Saffron demonstrated pretty well that um, settling down is not what she wants being being a criminal and being like uh, conniving is is really th- her reason for waking up in the morning for, for whatever reason but,
2: but the question uh, at hand I think is did she know that six years ago or was the event six years ago the thing that taught her that about taught her that about herself
1: mm-hmm.
3: that's a pause pos- yeah, maybe M- maybe um, I, I guess I, I guess that's something that is um, I mean, Saffron six years ago is something we have no footage of, so I right. guess we can't really...
0: I just think it's odd that we would suddenly... This is a really interesting character. You know, we, we've seen a couple of them so far that I think would end up becoming recurring characters. Badger, Nishka. Saffron. Saffron. I just don't think that we're going to get the final real story about her so early and so quick. I don't think
2: it's the final story about her, but I think it was a piece of... The true saffron, a little piece.
3: Because it, it did really seem, um,
0: it was conveniently placed. It, it,
3: it was it like her, her like breaking down in front of Mal, you know, a, a dumb person like myself. <laughs> the first time I saw this, was like, wow, yeah, she really is feeling something here, you know. She is a broken person, you know, and she, you know, she does have. This kind of good depth beneath that surface, but.
2: Underneath that layer is that. another layer. It's just as bad as the first one. <laughs> yes. Like pie. <laughs> what? I... Oh. Dr. Horrible.
0: I don't remember it well enough.
2: <laughs> I really only saw it the once. Okay.
0: It was enjoyable though. Uh, anyway, she manages to, you know, talk her way out of everything. They, they get the gun away. She, They're flying off, and she tricks Mal.
2: Yeah, I, I, I really wasn't done making my argument yet. You, you just bulldozed over that whole conversation. I, th- I think Mal reveals the key to why I believe that there's some element of truth to what she's telling. Mal points out, look, you've had the key to this big score laying around for five years and you've never pulled the trigger on it. Clearly, there's something special about this job to you that you've resisted to this point, this huge score. I thought you're going to disagree with me on this,
3: and I don't really have a lot to stand on this, um, but I kind of thought one possibility of that is she has this score in her pocket just in case she's going to have to um, used some kind of ploy for her life, which she does in this episode, because otherwise she would, Mal would have abandoned her. He needed Mal, and so she had this one in her pocket that she never utilized yet.
0: Let me say, I don't think so. Because it seems as though it's a recent occurrence that she's now suddenly got the security code. No, she had
2: the security codes from the programmer five years ago.
0: And that guy didn't hire a new security programmer? Clearly he was, not.
2: He was killed, right? Oh, wait. Yeah, he was killed.
0: Yeah. He was killed. And so that entire time he's just been like, oh, yeah, well, that's probably okay. Eh, no, nothing bad will happen. <laughs> okay.
3: To to further tangent the, the weird <laughs> possibilities of this, that guy purposely did not reprogram because he knew what kind of woman Saffron is. <laughs> He knew that it was the it's laser that would bring her plan. back, and he was still in love with her. Right. That's what it would have taken. Oh, good point. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Because um, he <laughs> he didn't seem concerned about the laser in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mal just took it and walked away
0: and threw it away right in front of the guy. Yep, that yep. was awesome. Yep that that did happen. Um, let's see here. I I guess at the very end, you know they. Uh, Inara comes through and says, "Ha! Huh, this was all part of the plan. <laughs> we caught you." And she tries to shoot her with that laser gun. Yep. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, "Oh well, this one still works though." And uh, she flies off and leaves uh, Saffron stuck in that uh, in that crate. Then the truly interesting thing at the end with Simon and Jane, Jane, where he had been, you know, knocked out. And he's got this drug in him, so he can't move. And Simon comes along and says, "I know what you did now." And you know what? We could go the rounds, but I would never do this to you.
2: You know, I when I watched this episode and and he he said, you know, we could, you know, go through this experience of not trusting each other and everything. I, I thought back to the final season of Malcolm in the Middle. Where the two brothers get the idea of super gluing each other's faces. Like, they hear this news story about how these two college roommates, one of them fell asleep and the other one super glued the roommate's face to the floor. Have you seen this episode? I don't remember it well. And enough. they, I and have. they, they both look at each other and then they act like they're trying, you know, like they're trying to be all demure about it. But they immediately go out to the garage and they each have a thing of super glue. And They go like a week without sleep, because they each know the first person to fall asleep <laughs> is going to wake up super glued to stuff, <laughs> and they, they become so paranoid, and you know their, their brain's just functioning incorrectly because of lack of sleep that they end up super gluing themselves because they keep thinking the other guy's bluffing, and somehow he's got some way out of this, and so I gotta follow along, and they just kind of Mexicans stand off their way to both having their heads glued to the floor. Good episode. That's that's how it would have ended if, uh, if Simon episode. didn't take the high
0: road. Uh. Anyway, uh, I I thought that's nice little character development yeah. Yeah. of Simon there. he it's
3: a a good I don't know moral lesson. He had the opportunity to unload kind of this burden, this grudge. It, it was up to him, and he took it very soon. Like he didn't wrestle with it for a few episodes or
0: something. And I thought. It was nice to see. It was a good good thing to see. So, I don't think either one of us have been quite betrayed in the same way that Simon has. But has there ever been a moment in your life where you're like, Huh, I caught you. And you know what? I'm going to let you know about it and I'm going to take the higher ground on it.
2: Can can I split the question into two parts? (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. Yes and no, respectively. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So Joey is, uh, I, I, I unfortunately
2: human. did not take the high road when the opportunity presented itself.
0: I, I don't think I've ever been in a position remotely close to it. So I'm not sure how I would react. I hope I would react in a good way. I kind of was betrayed a little bit when our company was, you know, Embezzled from. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I never really had a chance, you know, to have the person, you know, on the table, so to speak, to be able to call them out on it. Um, I don't know. I don't know how I would respond.
2: To be, to be precise, in my situation, what, what I see happening here is Simon applies mercy. Yeah. Uh, in my situation, I wasn't vindictive, but I applied justice. I made sure that that person <laughs> got what they, what was coming to them. Says the vindictive one. <laughs> I, I, I That's always what the vindictive say, Joey. <laughs> it's just justice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. John, I don't know. It's, a, it's kind of a tough question. Uh, and, I know. Yeah,
3: I can't think of anything specific, but I was thinking like earlier this week <laughs> that everything is earlier this week, I know. Um that I'm I'm a really lousy person at this because I I actually I'm very quick to forgive, especially if it comes out, like, soon. Like, um, uh, like the last month, I was supposed to do something with someone, and they said, I don't know, sorry, I can't because I'm doing this other thing, I'm sorry. And I'm like, hey, no no problem, no problem at all. Whatever, you know, things come up, um, but then, and so everything's fine, right? But then it's after that where I feel vindictive, I'm like, So, that was more important than me,
1: huh? It's
3: it's, it's after everything is resolved that suddenly my bad feelings rise up. Because I was totally fine in the
0: moment, but it was later
3: when I had time to think. I'm like,
2: now... Dang it,
3: I can't
0: believe that. I got shunted to the side for this.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, I I think I kind of worked the opposite of most normal human beings on that. Because it could have been something that was laid to rest, but then I brought it back.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. The listener comments.
2: Uh, I got a few things. the The way the rich guy talks. Am I the only one that felt that he had a lot of similarities with the character of Atherton Wing? I got the sense mm. that there was kind of a rich person accent in the future. <laughs> I didn't notice anything.
3: Dang, I'll have to watch for that. Yeah. Uh,
2: I I thought. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was actually the the verbal or if it was just mannerisms. But there's something. Not physical appearance, but something between this character and the character of Atherton Wing that I felt there was a connection there that they'd managed to draw somehow. Um, I love the, the close call between Kaylee and Zoe as they're trying to get the, the board back in the drone at the last second and they slide down just as the drone is coming in. I thought that was a very well done shot. I love the camera work and, and the stunt work in that shot.
0: I, I appreciated the fact of, they made it look difficult to get a spaceship lined up so close to something, not hit it. Um, I, I, I appreciated that fact. I, sometimes they can make it seem too easy. Like, oh yes, I'm an expert at this. I could totally do this in my sleep, which that's gotta be something really difficult to control.
2: Yeah. Um, and then the, this is the last thing I wanted to mention. I still feel like this whole episode starts with Mal wanting to win the argument with Inara and then and therefore going off and doing something he knows is going to be incredibly self-destructive, uh, which is to basically trust Saffron. Um but she's pretty. I, I just was curious. Have you guys ever done anything you truly, truly regret just to win an argument? <laughs> Yeah, sure I, sta- I, I started a podcast once to <laughs>
0: <laughs> screw you. <laughs> is
2: that the accurate I, response? I, there? I, I believe. I believe that's the, yeah. uh, the.
3: Well, the thing is, though, I mean, can we talk about winning the argument? Um, if the argument is, you know, doing because the whole point of them playing off is that they're still having an argument, and it's not trusting saffron. Um, they, they had to trust Saffron in order for their con to work. You know what I'm saying? uh
1: uh-huh.
3: um, And so, I, I did think it was kind of weird, like, because we don't know how much of their argument, I guess we do kind of know, because they kind of have two instances in the episode. They're arguing about this, um, and so he feels like he has to do something, and that's when he gets Saffron. The next time we see them arguing, in hindsight, we realize that that part of the argument was part of yes. the con against Saffron. So by that point, their argument had already been resolved because they had to play it up in order to get what they wanted in the end.
0: This is like Ocean's Eleven again, man. I can't keep up. Yeah, <laughs> can't keep up.
3: <laughs> so much, so much happened. Like I said, so much happened off camera that it's kind of hard to like figure out exactly how it went, like how the emotion and the psychology went down. Okay. Um, behind those, you know, closed doors that Saffron did. But
2: you in your is, own life have never had an instance where you've done something... You knew you were doing something stupid when you were doing it, but you were just doing it because, hey, that person told me I couldn't or shouldn't... I so bet I, I
3: have. I can't think of...
2: Okay.
3: Yeah, I can't I can't think of anything, anything right now. This episode is pretty much from Saffron's perspective, I suppose. Uh, yeah, that's
2: a good way of putting it.
3: So... I, yeah, I didn't realize that till now. It's interesting. I I must say, I this this week you asked me earlier how my week was. It's been Christina Hendricks epic. Um,
0: oh, that's right.
3: Because on Sunday, I I watched the last five episodes of Mad Men. Holy crap! <laughs> um, and then throughout the week, I watched the first five episodes of Mad Men because I'd never seen the beginning ones. Um,
2: that's a and lot of madmen in one week, dude. <laughs> yeah.
3: Really is. And then, of course, this episode of Firefly with Christina Hendricks, so. Overdose on her, but she's fun. She's delightful.
2: Good
0: times. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do, uh, Brainy Smurf. Who is he? Pegu. Monkey butt.
1: Hmm.
0: Great episode written by Ben Edlund and Joseph Molina. Uh, sorry. Jose Molina. The former was previously mentioned as awesome. The latter wrote some sweet episodes for Stargate Atlantis, and more recently, Castle, Grimm, and Haven. This episode is fun, and Jane provides the right amount of conflict to balance out the story. TV 8, Sci-Fi 6, Western 7. See you dudes next week. Ambassador Brainy Smurf.
2: Thanks, Brainy. I don't know if I've mentioned before on the podcast, I love Castle. They have a lot of fun with the fourth wall
0: on that. Alright. Very cool. I'll have to maybe check it out sometime. Um, listener M My favorite line in this episode I shaved off my beard for you, devil woman <laughs> uh, uh, Point of Inquiry Why was it so hard to keep Serenity in position to hack the trash machine? Shouldn't Kaylee be able to boost power to the engines or something? I don't know. I, I, I've, I've already tipped my hand as to how I feel on this. I feel like it should be hard. It should be hard. It should be difficult.
3: I, I just realized, I don't know why they... Um, it seems like maybe just like throwing a rope up above them with like some kind of magnetic grapple and just kind of dangling there and sticking it in. <laughs>
0: it
3: might be easier than surfing on top That's of the That's a shit. good way
2: to do it, yeah. yeah. The magnetic grapple. Uh, the the answer to the question is thrust, drag, weight, and lift. That's why it's hard.
0: You've got four limbs. Can pitch be in there? What about yaw? I know yaw is a thing.
2: <laughs> that, but that's not particularly involved in this particular scene.
0: All right. Um, I don't like the word whore. I prefer to refer to Inara as a hooker. Someone it sounds... Uh, Someone it sounds more fun. Somehow? Probably. (laughs) She does seem to enjoy besting saffron. Later, dudes. Listener Mark in Salt Lake City. He reminded me... I
3: think we forgot this...
0: He signed this incorrectly, by the way. He didn't have the Captain Brevity or your lordship or whatever admiral Mm. rearness.
3: (laughs) (laughs) One demerit. Uh, I, I don't remember if we talked about this when we talked about Out of Gas. Maybe we did. Um... But my probably my favorite line from Out of Gas, one of them, um, was when Inara said, and that is, the is absolutely thing. the last time you call me whore. I can't remember if we talked about that or not, but I always crack up on that because it's such a good flashback Yeah. with what we know of how many times <laughs> he's called her whore since she said that. You know what's right. funny
2: is I actually prefer the word whore to the word hooker. <laughs> I don't know that I've ever thought
0: about it, uh, which is more offensive. Uh, when someone I don't know. calls
3: me a whore, I get offended personally. But when someone calls me a hooker, for some reason, it's more
0: of a the profession. Profession,
2: yeah, is so. is
0: denigrated that that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the fine whores out there, <laughs> in their profession. I don't know.
2: Just somehow, I feel like whore is the more archaic and technical word, and therefore, it's not as as denigrating. Yeah. I, well, hooker, I think. It's got a,
3: it's got a sense. I mean, because you kind of have to. It shows. Are you you really wanting to move on, Pete? It shows that you have skills, right? That you're actually like in like this, yeah, like 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 participating, like proactive in it, and and so you have to use some kind of of mechanism or some kind of intelligence in order to do that. Um, Whore is more of a passive term.
0: For the record, Peter was not involved in that conversation,
2: (laughs) but you sat in the room and listened to it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, okay, should we move on to uh, ratings? Yes, ratings. Who goes, John? I Your go television first. rating.
3: Television rating. And um, quotes. And, and quotes. quotes. Uh, I don't. I didn't write any quotes down for this one. So okay. I'll second yours. Uh, television. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go six on this one.
2: Okay, I'm gonna give it a, an eight. I I really like the it was all part of the plan kind of episodes. I I enjoy a, a good plot twist in that way and this has this one actually twists at multiple points in the story. I really enjoyed it for that aspect. My quotes I've got uh So, you guys have met. <laughs> <laughs> uh when Saffron's talking to Mal, I can't remember he's asking her you know, she she said, you know, you gotta help me get off this pun. He's like, why would I do that? She said, face it, hubby, I'm really hot. <laughs> yeah, that was an awesome, awesome line. Because it's true. Yeah. Hot chicks get away with yeah. more stuff. Uh, some some pinionary stuff. Uh, as the ship is flying off, leaving saffron behind, she shouts, stupid inbred sack of meat. <laughs> and then, uh, when, <laughs> this has got to be one of my favorites, although we may have to cut it. I don't know. Uh, when, when they walk into the, the rich guy's room and, and they're looking at his parlor there with all this stuff in it, Mal whistles and says, holy testicle Tuesday. <laughs> I don't know if the word testicle is too offensive. <laughs> well, um, by by
0: all means, let's, let's say, say it, it again multiple
2: times. Well, if I'm going to have to cut, I might as well have, leave myself multiple points to cut. Um, and then uh, the the no, nope, not the lesson. Sorry, I got two more. Uh, Mal and Yosaf Bridge are on the shuttle, and she says to Mal, "You must be loving this a little bit." <laughs> 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 and then the, I think, but I think the capper of the whole episode is as. Uh, Simon has left the room and Jane is kind of sitting there stunned and River makes the comment. Also, I can kill you with my brain. <laughs> <laughs> a solid, solid line there.
0: <laughs> really, really awesome. Um okay. I'm gonna give this a six. I'm with John on this. Uh it's good. I I just there are a few holes in it for me that I just think we're supposed to look past. Um but uh my quotes uh, let's see here. Before you can say, don't don't turn me in, lady. Uh, that was from Jane. And Jane ain't a girl. Uh, I appreciate your honesty. Not, <laughs> yes. you know, a lot.
2: Not, you know, a <laughs> lot.
0: <laughs> um, I've seen you without your clothes on. Never seen you naked. Um... Mal kind of bought into the line that she was giving. Yeah. I, again, I think it was a line, um, and then, I of think course, it can be both. You uh, you already mentioned the uh, also. <laughs> I can kill you with my mind. Great, great uh, quote. So now, uh, so Mal bought in. The
3: whole point of Inara is like, was did the conversation go? Something like, okay, we all know how smart and how hot Saffron is, so she will deceive me. We know that. So was Mal like? Was he not? Was he just not worried about buying in, or was part of the plan to not let her deceive him? But she actually did anyway because he wasn't so concerned about it because he had his backup.
2: I, I don't. I don't think at that point that he was even thinking about his backup being there or not being there. He did buy the line mm-hmm. uh, again. I think he bought the line because there was an element of truth to it, but. Uh, the, I don't think that there was a part of the. I don't think part of the plan was okay. I'm going to pretend to be deceived by her, and then Anara will catch her. It was just okay, Anara. If all else fails, you got to be out there. You're you're our you're our backstop. Yeah. John, science fiction rating?
3: Uh, I'm gonna go six again. I I wanted to go higher. It, it's mostly for the floating cities. Um, oh yeah, that yeah. that visual it, it it reminds me of like a science fiction kind of fantasy poster that was in my buddy's room growing up. Just the the cities just kind of floating over the ocean. It's just it's just really just a, a cool image. But that's what I got out of it.
2: Uh, I agree too. The floating cities was pretty cool. Also the rovo trash, the whole idea of the lassiter. Uh, you know the the first energy weapon, and it's a it's a historical archive item kind of thing.
3: It, it's it's a from. History- from, from our future,
2: yeah. From Earth that was, yeah. yeah. So, so I gave it a seven. Science fiction.
0: Uh, I don't think it could possibly be there. I, I think it's middle of the road. It's a five. <laughs> this is a story about saffron, and we have some minor sci-fi elements. The floating cities were cool. Um, we already talked about how the the trash barges seem a little silly. That uh, you know, as soon as I but hit this button, it's science fictiony. Yeah, bad science fiction though. It doesn't get credit for that. Uh I Five.
2: John, did you have a Western? Reading?
3: Um, I'll I'll go ahead with a four-ish on this one. Um, just the the same concept that we've already kind of covered with the uh, uh, you know, two people in the old west. One person has something that that person needs or wants, and you know, and they kind of they're enemies, but they mutually work together. It's kind of uh a very, uh, uh you know. For a few dollars more, mm-hmm. you know. Good, bad, the ugly kind of story.
0: Yeah. That's I, a great movie, by the way. Which one? Which
2: one? For a few dollars more.
3: Yeah, I've never seen that one actually. I've seen Good Man the Ugly, which I adore.
1: But
2: yeah. Uh I also gave it a four. Uh the 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 analogy that I came to in my mind was this reminds me a lot of the movie Maverick. With Mel Gibson and Jodie Foster and uh James Garner which was definitely Western. I, I think this has some some fair Western elements in it. Pete, did you give a Western rating? No, I did not. <laughs> you, you just don't get how this podcast thing works, do you, man? Uh, you know, if we can get some input from the listeners on, on how our new microphones sound, if we need to turn the volume up or anything like that, go ahead and... End. Keep it to
0: yourself. Well, we're sick and tired <laughs> of hearing from you.
2: Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of The Homestarmy Presents Trek West 5. We hope that you've learned something, had some laughs, and we always invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at Or you can tweet us at hashtag trekwest5, or call and leave us a voicemail at 801-788-4913. So until next time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And thanks for listening.
1: So good to see you again. Good morning.